How's it going on this great Wednesday afternoon? My name is Hayden Joyner, and this is Off the Bench, your top sports talk show here on XLR, Lane University Radio. I am joined with co-host Chris Fortenberry today. Chris, how are you doing? Doing great, my man. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and uh, no Liam today. Liam's off, and yeah. he's off and traveling and doing his own thing. So it'll be you and I today, and we're going to have a fun day uh, talking some NFL free agency, some mock drafts, some trivia coming up later on the show. So stay tuned for that, guys. But first off, we're going to do, like we promised last week when we talked about March Madness. We're going to jump into some March Madness predictions here and a little review of the first weekend of March Madness and looking forward to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, Final Four, and the National Championship. Chris, we have a little uh, off the bench, I don't know, bracket challenge, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And I think you're leading it. I'd assume all of mine are doing awful. I'm in the 30th percentile or worse for brackets and for like all of mine and a few really bad, a few in the bottom 5%, bottom 1%. But uh, I still have a few champions left. I have Houston, Gonzaga, Alabama still still in the running. But uh, how are you feeling? Not good. My max is 1070. Uh, so that's that's not too it's good. Better than me. Um, I mean, you got your, you're in second with a max of 1550. Yeah, I, that one is really good right now. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. But that's because. And you have another one at 1430. Well, then how are you in the 70th percentile? I guess, I don't know. Because I, I of the points I currently have, not the points that I can get. Okay, well, hopefully mine worked the way up. I had a good start with mine. I had a lot of good upsets predicted. Um, I had the fall of Purdue happening pretty early in a lot of my brackets, so that's probably helping me a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. not losing as many points. Although I didn't have them losing to Fairleigh Dickinson, which we'll get into later. I had them losing to Memphis or FAU in the second round. But my big kicker was I had Memphis going to, like, the Elite Eight in a lot of my brackets, and they got knocked out in the first by FAU. I had a lot of faith in that eight seed. But Who would have thought? I know, right? I don't know. Um, but we'll get into these massive upsets. First off, I mean, for the second time in the last five years, number 16 has knocked off number one. Before uh, UMBC and Virginia back in 2018, it had never happened in the history of college basketball. Now it's happened twice in our lifetimes, twice in the, twice in the last five years. And number 16, Fairleigh Dickinson, defeats number one, Purdue, 63-58. to 58. Again, like I said, the second time this has ever happened. This was on the backs of 19 points by guard Sean Moore, Dimitri Roberts, 12 points, and Cameron Tatum, 10 points for Fairleigh Dickinson. Chris, this is a team that doesn't have a logo. Their logo is just like the word FDU Knights printed off in like <laughs> the most basic uh, sans-serif font you could possibly think of. And they they crushed it. They didn't have a band, I think, in the second round game against FAU. They had the Dayton Flyers. <laughs> Did you see that? The yes. Dayton Flyers band played their fight song. They learned it within like an hour and played <laughs> it for them because their band, I guess they couldn't afford to have their band stay an extra extra night or two at the uh, wherever they were playing. So no. truly a truly underdog story. Um, and just and just like uh, Princeton, who we'll get into later, the 15th seed, another school from, from New Jersey is knocking people off. So crazy game um you watch you did you watch this one live i watched it live obviously the purdue game? The, the purdue fairly dickinson yeah i was following it but i wasn't watching it live it was just one of those where like i, I wasn't following it because i think kentucky was playing at roughly the same time mm-hmm. for their first round matchup and then i look at the halftime score and it's like 31 to 31 or whatever it was and i was just like okay and i and i had this matchup pinned in my head because if you remember fairly dickinson was a first four game mm-hmm. they they beat uh, i can't remember who they beat in the first four but after that game head coach was in the locker room and basically like yelled out loud like I want the cameras to pick this up I want Purdue to hear this and I've been watching all the tape on Purdue and I think we could beat them yeah and he goes the more I watch Purdue the more I think we can beat them the more I watch Purdue the more I, the more I think we can beat them and I mean that that popped off on a lot like on ESPN and social media and all that people saw that and you know it came true it came true he did it they beat they beat them up they destroyed them and uh not destroyed them really but I, I felt like for most of the game they they had control they felt just as comfortable on that court as Purdue as Zach Eady I mean Purdue 
if I remember the stat right, they have like like six six average height, and which is the highest in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And Fairleigh Dickinson is like six one average height, which is like one of the lowest Gosh. in college basketball. And they, you know, you get those scrappy guys, you scrap through when you beat them. So I mean, just huge, huge props to them. They did a phenomenal job. But yeah, Purdue for the second year in a row, they were one of the teams that lose to St. Peter's in that fifteen run last year, and now you come <coughs> into this season, number one overall seed. Of, you know. Had a kind of a rocky end to their to their regular season, four and four to end. They had kind of a scruffy, scrappy through the Big Ten tournament. They did win it, but not in the most high profile fashion you'd expect a number one seed to walk through a, ter- uh, a conference tournament in. And then you come into Fairleigh Dickinson, who were already talking trash in the first four game, and you lose in this embarrassing fashion. And for Purdue fans to have a second year of heartbreak, it just kind of in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, I'd be kicking myself. I'd feel worse as a Purdue fan than I do already as a Kentucky fan. And I feel pretty bad as a Kentucky fan with our NCAA tournament record the past couple of years. Well, I tell you, you know who should feel worse? Ohio State fans? No. Arizona fans. Yeah. Did you they? see that stat about them? No. Which one specifically? Uh, the stat, they, they said that there's only one team, one or two teams, that have lost to the, like, a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, or maybe yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 seed, and that's Arizona. And they're the only team ever to lose to the 15 seed twice. Well, I, I said it last week with Liam, and it's that there's always some matchups where you just – or some teams, you just have that inkling, like, oh, they're going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like if you're picking upsets, I've, if the Richmond Spiders are, like, a 12 or 13 seed, I'm always picking the Richmond Spiders because they seem to always do it. Florida Gulf Coast, obviously, they had their big 15 uh, – number 15 seeded defeat uh, when they beat number two Duke, like, years and years ago, probably a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. But there's just teams that always have that feeling of, oh, they're going to do something. And I didn't mention it last week, but Arizona does, like you said, they lose to, like, every teen-seeded team they play. They just always have that inkling of, you know, they're probably going to be the first one or two seed to lose, along with Purdue is now kind of getting that reputation as well. Yeah. So Kentucky probably has that reputation too now because we've won one tournament game since 2019. So I don't know. It's Now the opposite's coming true with a lot of these big-name schools. Yeah, and then you look at UConn. I mean, when they're, like, good in men's, usually, they usually do well in the tournament. I know they went on that run with Shabazz Napier, mm-hmm. and uh, remember that all too Kemp, well. Was Kemba on that team on UConn uh, as well? No, I think Kemba like left a year or two prior. I mean, was he on UConn as well? <coughs> yeah, like, he, he played. To, he played yeah. for UConn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, and they're they're now in the Sweet 16 as well, playing Arkansas. Yeah. As a four seed, so who knows? UConn could go on a nice little run. there. UConn in the cut in a lot of my brackets, I had them going to to at least the Elite Eight. I had in a few. I don't really know. I didn't know. I didn't follow them a ton this season. Obviously, they were one of the teams um, in that like group of death in the region of death uh, that I was talking to Liam about last week. That mm-hmm. had like you know five of the top eleven Ken Palm. I'm trying to remember what the name of that which region that was. That was the region. Was it the West? Yeah, it was the West because that's one of Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, UConn, St. Mary's. Five of the top eleven teams in Ken Palm this past season, and they're kind of all working their way through it, figuring stuff out. And now you know they had their final four. Uh, every region has their final four. We're in the Sweet 16 now, and Kansas being one of the big teams as well to get knocked off by number eight, Arkansas, which I had coined last week. Me and Liam talked about a lot of dangerous teams. I said Arkansas has a high floor and a very low ceiling. Mm-hmm. They can either get squashed by Illinois first round or they could go really far. And they play UConn. They could beat UConn for, all, for you know, they're a solid team like that. They scrape by Kansas 72-71 to 71 in the second round. And Arkansas, with their uh, with their playmakers, they can get it done as well. So. We're now in the in the Sweet 16. Um, lots of upsets. The stat that I also mentioned to Liam last week is that the Final Four for the past like five or six years has always featured, I think, a five or six seed or lower. And when you're filling out brackets, you always think, you know, that's not possible. There's no way. 
But looking at the Sweet 16 now, we got a lot of teams that could compete for that. Miami, Michigan State. Michigan State. Miami's a five seed. San Diego State's still in at a five FAU's seed. FAU's at a nine. Yeah, either number six Creighton or number 15 Princeton are going to play for a Final Four spot in the East region against either Alabama or San Diego State. Like you said, Michigan State, seven seed. Arkansas, an eight seed. And you know, there's, there's only – is there only one? One seed left. No, two one two. seeds. Houston if and Alabama. they both lose – is that like the first time, but like every one seed hasn't made it to the Elite Eight? Um, I'm sure it's happened before. I mean, really? I'm, I'm thinking of like the one with Shabazz Napier in Kentucky. I mean, that was an 8 7 matchup in the national championship game. Mm. I think Kentucky played Wisconsin in the final four, which I, they probably were a two seed. And then I think UConn played Florida, which I can't remember if Florida was a one or a two that year either. But um, mm. there's been lots of instances where a number one seed doesn't. And that just kind of shows with the NCAA tournament just how hard it is to win it. You could have the best team of all time, and you and you don't win it, and that's happened plenty of times. Y'all were what thirty eight zero when yeah. you played Wisconsin in twenty fifteen, uh, in twenty fifteen, yeah, twenty eight zero or thirty eight zero, whatever it was, undefeated regular season, won the SEC championship, made it to the final four. This was the year after losing to UConn in the national championship in twenty fourteen, <laughs> and we played Wisconsin again in the final four, and they got their revenge and beat us. That was the Carl Anthony Towns team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that just goes to show that was one of the best college basketball teams ever. Mm-hmm. They had like. 10 I think 10 players made the NBA that season so wow that just shows you just how hard it is to win this tournament and even mm-hmm. I mean you have great teams like like Purdue wasn't bad all season Texas is still in it they've been good I, th- I thought they lost I was about to bring Texas up um Kansas Kansas hasn't that's who I was thinking of not Texas Kansas lost um you just have tons of great teams that have fallen off Duke was Indiana you know, was, was a five seed. I mean they were a four seed Indiana they were was good. a four seed they've fallen off Kentucky was a scrappy team Marquette, Marquette yeah I coined them last week as being a dangerous team they lose to Michigan State it's just such a hard hard uh tournament to win and even if you just look at these final 16 teams these aren't the best 16 teams in the country no. you're not throwing I mean FAU's been great this season they're not a top 16 team neither is Michigan State even Princeton. if you have yeah Princeton the obvious answer there Arkansas yeah. hasn't really been a top 16 team a lot of the year so it's just a super, super hard one to win. It's but March Madness, man. That's why we love it. That's March why we Madness, love this it's, big bracket. It's why it's the madness. And then I it's, wish I wish college football would adopt it. It's logistically impossible, but it'd be awesome if they if they did adopt it one year. Oh, for sure. I mean, you look at it in basketball, like you think Fairleigh Dickinson plays Purdue in just a normal regular season. Yeah. No shot that they're they're probably gonna get beat by twenty. Yeah, it's like the extra hype. Because Fairleigh yeah. Dickinson, if they go to Purdue, it's like all Purdue fans. But yeah. with, with March Madness, you're playing at a neutral site. You'll have fans from other games sitting there watching either if they're waiting on their team to play next or if they stick stuck around for a second for a doubleheader. And of course they're gonna cheer for the sixteen sixteen seed. That's always gonna happen. Exactly. So you kinda get that extra motivation. There's just always kind of that just that extra glitz and glamour of March Madness that that brings out these upsets. And that's why it's such a fun tournament to watch and predict and do that fun stuff with. Yeah. But, Chris, let's look at these these final four teams in each region, the Sweet 16 as they call it, and let's make some predictions here. Predict our final four. We don't have to go all the way to national championship just yet. Like our final four, like the straight-up final four? The straight-up final four, yeah. Who's coming out of each region? I'll start with you with the South. We have for our last two matchups, Alabama, number one seed, number one overall in the tournament, facing off number five, San Diego State. Uh, and then the, on the other side, Creighton, number six, facing off number 15, Princeton. Princeton, we didn't get to touch on, but number 15 seed. Uh, they have went on a crazy run, defeated number two, Arizona, like we mentioned earlier. That was a 59 to 55 victory. And as well, in the second round, a lot of people, you know, these, these Cinderella stories kind of, you know, kind of run dry in the second round. They play a worse team and they kind of, you know, fall back to earth a little bit. Not Princeton, they defeated number seven, Missouri, an SEC team by 15, 78 to 63 on Saturday last weekend. 
They now face off number six, Creighton, who's had their own journey through the tournament against NC State. And if I can get the thing back, uh, Baylor knocked off number three, Baylor. which Played I well against Baylor, very played well. Played very well against Baylor, beaten by nine. And uh, that was a game that they kind of had command of a lot of. And I had, I had Baylor going early, like losing early in a couple of my brackets. I had them losing to USCB. Uh, California Santa Barbara a little er, in a few of my brackets as a 14-3 upset. I don't think we got a single one of those this entire tournament. But yeah. Creighton took care of business, knocked them off, and it's now it's Creighton, Princeton, Alabama, San Diego State. Who do you have coming out of this South region? Give me San Diego State. Oh, upset over Al- Alabama, and yeah. then obviously you know they have a much better shot of beating Creighton or Princeton. Why do you feel that? I mean, I'm just looking at San Diego State and how they played. I mean, they just of course they demolished Furman, which is kind of expected being they were a 13 seed yeah but I just think San Diego State's played solid ball and they're uh they're gonna bring it to Alabama and I know that that guy their best player has got that groin injury so I don't know if uh, he's gonna be like 100% for it and I think San Diego State might be able to catch him off guard and uh, and ride that straight to uh the final four yeah, I, as much as I'd like to pick an upset here, Princeton's a great story. I think Princeton could defeat Creighton and do another 15 seed all the way to the Elite Eight like St. Peter's did last year. Um, I just don't I just don't see anything super crazy coming out of this. I don't see like a Loyola Chicago or a VCU kind of run to the Final Four for any of these teams. So I will have number one Alabama coming out of here. They've just been so dominant. I mean, absolutely demolishing number eight Maryland and then uh, Texas A&M CC, whatever community college, whatever CC stands for, I don't know. Um, destroy both their opponents. They haven't looked or haven't faltered once in this tournament so far. I don't expect it to continue at all. And so I'll take Alabama coming out of the south. Chris, we'll jump over to the Midwest, to the top right of your bracket if you're looking at home. Number one, Houston facing off against number five, Miami, and number two, Texas facing off against number three, Xavier. This is kind of one of the more typical brackets, you know? Not, yeah. There was, there was a few big upsets, not really much. I mean, Penn State over Texas A&M was really the only decent one. Pittsburgh over Iowa State, but a lot of people had that pinned in anyways. Other than that, I mean, you had a 5-4 matchup in the second round and a 1-9, which is the same as basically a 1-8, and you have a 1-5, 1-2-3-5. and five. So straight-up kind of picks, nothing crazy storyline here-wise. Houston's coming to try to get the national championship. They've been elusive of Xavier as well. They've been close, but no cigar, and Texas kind of in there too. Miami just kind of doing what Miami does. How are you feeling coming out of the Midwest? This one's tough. Um, obviously, you're looking at Houston. They've just dominated straight up. Except, I mean, they could have played their first game a little bit better. I think they only won. They beat them by 11. But yeah, I like uh, like what they did and what they proved against Auburn in the second half. Just completely throttled they them. Got, they got back to their roots a yep. little bit, yeah. Uh, and Miami's been playing very well. They beat a very good Indiana team by a good margin. Uh, and Xavier and Texas... <sighs> I'm not high on Xavier. I watched them play against, who was it? Not Pitt. It was their first game. Kennesaw State, where they were very much in danger of getting knocked out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, they pulled it out, which was good for them. But I think Houston got to be my pig to come out of here. I just think that they're very good at adjusting and, and getting the job done when they need to. So I'll, I'll take Houston. Yeah, I think this, like I said, with this with this region, it's kind of been pretty straight up so far. And I expect the same thing to happen: Houston and Texas to win their next matchups, give us a one and two in the Elite Eight, and again, just the one seed Houston coming through. Not not a ton that I really feel high on in this. I don't know if there's going to be any really crazy matchups, any crazy things going on. I just feel, think this is just going to be one of those one of those regions where it just just kind of everything falls in place, mm-hmm. really. 
Um, the games are intriguing. They'll be fun to watch, but I just think the team that you expect to win each week is going to win. So yeah. I'll take Houston uh, to win out of here. Give us two ones in the final four, but I don't. But obviously, no more ones are going to make it that far. And I don't even know if I think a two is going to make it that far. We'll see though. We'll jump down to the the screwed up the screwed up East, which I did coin as like the region of chaos last week. I thought a lot of weird things could happen. I mean, I said Oral Roberts was going to beat Duke. I thought Providence could beat Kentucky and Marquette could kind of go crazy, but. We have number nine, FAU, facing off against number four, Tennessee, and number three, Kansas State, against Tom Izzo and the Spartans, number seven, Michigan State. What do we think, Chris? This one, I mean, this one I feel like is really anyone's game because FAU, they're, they're, they're a high-flying, smart team. Michigan State, you got a Hall of Fame coach in Tom Izzo. They're not going to be counted out, even against Kansas State, who looked a little shaky against Kentucky for most of that game, and just a couple or a, a trio of deep threes at the end of it kind of allowed them to win the way they did. But Kansas State didn't look unbeatable either, despite, you know, some of those great the great guard play they have. So how are we feeling coming into this one? This is tough because I'm watching what Michigan State's doing. They beat a very, very good, very talented and efficient Marquette basketball team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who I thought oh, I had personally going far. I had Marquette going to the Final Four in a yeah. lot of my I, – I like Shaka Smart. He's done great things with Marquette. But, yep. mm, yeah. um, but then again, I watched Michigan State lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament, and we were pitiful this year. <laughs> so it's, like, hard. But, you know, it's March Madness. Tom Izzo is an elite-level uh, head coach and has been for a long time. He's got his guys going. He knows what it takes to do it. I'm going to actually – I'm going to have to go with the Big Ten here, and I'm going to take Michigan State in the Final Four. Ooh. Yeah, the seven the seven seed running through Kansas State and most likely Tennessee. Yeah, this one this one's fun because I could totally see, you know, FAU and Michigan State playing it out. Tennessee's – I mean, even as a four seed, they've been vulnerable a lot of this tournament or not a lot of this season. They've been a top ten team, but they've lost a couple of games, a lot of ones that they should have won. And as a Kentucky fan, I'm also biased towards Tennessee, so I don't want them to go very far, anyways. Right. But um, I'm basically looking at, like you said, this Kansas State Michigan State matchup. Kansas State played kind of a close game with Kentucky. Uh, it was really defensive for a lot of it. I really felt like uh, Marquise Noel um, and Keontae Johnson. They kind of like their expertise and like just. The ability they've had, you know, I can't remember if they made like All American or whatever those the top ones are in Stable A. I'm so bad at keeping up with the stuff, but they've been phenomenal players, phenomenal transfer players in for Kansas State and the Wildcats all season. They finally knocked down their shots at the end, which mattered, but they were contained for a lot of that game by Kentucky um, until the very end. I think Tom Izzo can find a way to exploit that, and I kind of expect Kansas State to get a little run for their money here against Michigan State. But sadly, I do think they'll get the best of Michigan State, but it'll be a little closer than you'd think for a three and a seven matchup. And then Kansas State, I think they run all the way through. They beat Tennessee or FAU. I don't. I could care less who wins that. I want FAU to win it. But I think Kansas State runs all the way through to a Final Four. I can see. That. I think the definitely it's fair to say the winner of Michigan State Kansas State gets to the Final. I think four. that's who I think. I think Michigan State has enough like, you know, pizzazz in themselves to, yeah. to defeat not not only Kansas State but get past mm-hmm. Tennessee or FAU. All right, last one, Chris West, Arkansas, UConn, and eight versus four, and Gonzaga and UCLA. This, I feel like this right here could be a Final Four in and of itself. Like I already mentioned, the, the West is full of some quality teams. UCLA, Gonzaga obviously had their big matchup last year. Um, and UConn's going to always fall in that situation. They're always going to find themselves competitive. And Arkansas coming off a big win against Kansas by 1 point, 72-71. What do we think here? I mean, you look at the these four teams, and you look at UConn's games up to this point. Not even neither one of them have been even close. Mm-hmm. Like UConn has just blown out their two, last two opponents, and everybody else has had close games, yeah, pretty much in their last. So you're like, well, 
UConn's, you know, they're playing some good basketball right now. And, again, like we were talking about, they're a good tournament team. Now, Arkansas beat a very talented Kansas. Arkansas versus Kansas. And they beat a very good Illinois team, too. But it's been close. So, ah, UCLA is very good. So are the Zags. Bruh, this is tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take UConn. Yeah. To the final. I think four. that's a really smart decision. I really think so. I think they're gonna do it. I really do. They've yeah. been they've been playing great basketball. They've been really handing it to the teams that they've been playing. I think they're gonna keep it going. Yeah, I'm probably gonna predict a UCLA UConn Elite Eight in this matchup. I think UCLA gets the better of Gonzaga this year around. And for the Huskies, I mean, they, they start off the season extremely hot, 14-game win streak, then lost five of their next six. And a lot of the fans were kind of worried that, like, shakiness of the Huskies was going to come back to bite them in the tournament. But like you kind of mentioned, they've they've walked through the tournament in their matchups against Iona and against St. Mary's, which St. Mary's is a quality team, and they beat them by 15. Yeah. And Iona, I mean, not the best, but you're coached by Rick Pitino, who's now going to St. John's in the Big East, and you dog-walked them by 24. So UConn's walking in prettier than I think a lot of these teams, maybe just next to Arkansas, just because they beat a one seed. So I think the UConn Huskies have just as good a shot as anybody to walk up through here and get to the Final Four, their first Final Four in I can't remember how many years, but it's been a minute for them. So give me the Huskies, give me the Kansas State Wildcats, the Alabama Crimson Tide, and the Houston Houstons. I can't remember what they are. Cougars? <laughs> Cougars, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I got UConn, Houston, Michigan State, San Diego, Diego State. State. All right, so pretty similar, pretty different, and uh, it'll be a fun one. I mean, like I said, this kind of feels like it could be anyone. Princeton, for all we know, could make a Loyola Chicago Final Four run like they did a few years ago yeah. and do it. They've, I mean, that's a team full of accountants and 4.0 degree guys who are all smarter than us, so they'll analyze the trajectory of the ball and it'll yep. go in and they'll do what they got to do. And I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised no, none of us really, none of us really thought Gonzaga had a shot. I think Texas and Xavier, we both kind of rode out. So maybe all, those kind of teams will prove us wrong. But At this point, I don't even know what to expect, man. I did a bracket, and both of Nobody them are terrible. Knows. Nobody I mean, knows. yeah. Oof. It'll be a fun one. It definitely it definitely will be. Yeah. Um, let's see here. But, yeah, we will, uh, we'll go into a quick break here in a second. And when we do, we are going to come back with – little bit of fun stuff since Liam's not here we were gonna have to kind of talk crap about Cam Newton uh we're not gonna do that anymore because we want to make sure Liam's here for that because I'm sure he'd love to oh yeah um but yeah so we're gonna go into a quick break here Chris uh let me let me ask you this one last thing for uh for your final four so you have your final four and we might as well just throw this in here what are you predicting out of this final four for national championship because once we come back we're looking at the final four I think next week I think we'll have the sweet 16 the elite at this upcoming weekend so we'll be we'll have the final four preview next week but do you do you want to throw down a number or a number a team right now of who you think could win it all out of your either out of everybody or your final four prediction? What do you want to think? I mean, I'm looking at straight at Houston. Uh, I would imagine they're the favorite right now uh, with that 33 and three record, and just their ability to turn to just flip the switch when they need to. I mean, they were down 10 going into uh, a halftime mm-hmm. with Auburn, and then ended up beating them by what 17. 17. So yeah. there you go. I mean, that's a – and that was a good Auburn team. I mean, a very good Auburn basketball team. So, I mean, that's what, you know, winning – winners do. That's what greatness – Face adversity. Yeah, that's what you're – Fight through it, yeah. What you're going to see out of a championship-level basketball team. Yeah. Of all these so. teams that are left, I think the ones that I'm strongly looking at is Houston and then just, God, please, no Alabama. I, I, we don't need that in two sports, like, seriously. Um, 
But it's, I think it's Houston and then UConn, Gonzaga, and UCLA, and three of those teams are in the West. And I think those are the four that you've got to really watch out for. The other, I mean, Kansas State is one of like just kind of like that wild card team that could go off and just drop 90 points a game the way that offense can go off in a second. But other than that, I don't really feel you know that kind of inkling of pizzazz from any of these other teams. So I'd say Houston is my main pick, and not only because the bracket I'm referencing right now is one of mine that I have Houston as the national champion. Um, I have them winning over Alabama, but I just think you know a lot of these. A lot of these teams just don't just don't give me that that gut feeling like Houston does, or like the like the blue bloods of Gonzaga, UCLA, or UConn do. So, I'll stick to that. I think Houston's should be the favorite going forward. I mean, Alabama should be, but I think nobody wants to pick Alabama because we're kind of sick of them. Yeah. Just in every sport. So oh yeah. Houston going all the way. But yes, we'll go into a quick break here. We'll hit a song. We'll hit a, a little break for us. And when we get back, me and Chris are going to talk mock drafts for the top ten this upcoming NFL draft and uh, it'll be fun it'll be exciting and we will debate as we do so stay tuned for that remember to follow us on Instagram at off the bench XLR to stay up to date with all things off the bench you can find quotes video clips and stats and more from the show again that is at off the bench XLR on Instagram follow us there listen to this one song and we'll be right back after the break And we are back here on Off the Bench. My name is Hayden Joyner, joined with Chris Fortenberry. As promised after our March Madness preview, we're going to go into a little bit of mock drafts for the NFL uh, the NFL draft coming up here in April soon enough. And top 10 picks are, are kind of set in stone so far with a few trades happening in Carolina um, being the big one to move up to number one. And we're just kind of going to go from the first pick to the 10th pick. Chris and I say who we're picking, why we're picking them or why we think they're going to go there, and we'll have a little little talks, little debates as we go through. This will be interesting kind of because, Chris, I feel like you're more of a college guy. I'm more of an NFL guy, so we'll see how those feelings of how teams should get or who what players are, are available for them to take will fall. And uh, it's certainly going to be spicy at the top of the draft. And falling even back to, like, the 7, 8, 9, and 10 picks, uh, it's kind of, you know, any man's game down there of who these teams pick up. But I'll start it off, you know, Right off and early with you, Chris. Number one overall, the Carolina Panthers, after making their big trade with the Chicago Bears, who are they taking first overall in 2023? I think this is probably one of the more obvious picks in the top ten. Um, it's been made pretty clear, at least to me and everything that I've seen online, that uh, Stroud is going to be the number one pick. So I, I, I would say Stroud is my, my bet for Carolina to take at number one. Uh, he had a tremendous combine, just showed out with his arm talent. Uh, he just makes it look very easy. His footwork's great. Um, he has the size and frame that you want out of a quarterback, has a great mind, and you just watch his tape, and his tape is phenomenal. So uh, I've had the privilege to watch him for the past two seasons at Ohio State, and uh, it's uh, it's exciting for me because I know what he's capable of, what he can do. Mm-hmm. and. I think uh, he can definitely turn the Carolina Panthers around and, and bring them back to the level they were at, even maybe even better that they had with Cam. Yeah, the quarterback draft class this entire year has kind of been Flip, funny. It's flip-flopped a lot. Because it's flip-flopped a lot. I think, you know, if you look back to just January, it was kind of very obvious that Bryce Young was going number one. Yeah. Then maybe – then you kind of had, like, the group of, like, Stroud, Levis. You didn't know where that was going to flip. Cause Richardson people, was further back, too. Richard, Richardson was, like, 16, and then you had Hendon Hooker kind of back there with Richardson. And now, I mean, with the Panthers going up to number one, they've had some 
you know, there have been quotes coming out of them being really interested in Levis or really interested in Richardson for a while, and now yeah. it's kind of C.J. Stroud's coming out. I think Bryce Young's kind of the only guy they haven't said anything about, but he's just so talented that you wouldn't be shocked if you took him number one overall. And it's now in a position where, like I said, those four guys are kind of, you know, it's any man's game who goes number one. If, in, if any of them get picked first overall, it wouldn't shock me necessarily. I mean, if Anthony Richardson's the first overall quarterback taken, I'd be floored a little bit, but it's not going to, you know, kill me to think that because the Panthers have said that they're kind of high on him they're high on Levis they're high on Bryce Young and CJ Stroud but for my mock draft I'm going to agree with you I think Stroud is the fit here obviously you're trading up number one to get a franchise guy Frank Reich your new head coach and he brought in with him a lot of kind of old school offensive guys and a lot of good good quality head coaches nothing young nothing flashy nothing crazy but these are guys that know how to know how to coach football and they're going to want that kind of old school quarterback style and that's what cj stroud gives you especially compared to richardson or bryce young in this draft pure pocket passer strong uh strong smart player and like you said he tore it up in the combine so i'd expect him to come in this draft he's going to pair up with a lot of the free agent signings that carolina is making right now uh adam thielen miles sanders hayden hurst on the offensive side of the ball and um the Panthers kind of feel like, you know, we were kind of dogging on them a few weeks ago for not making a lot of moves, and now they've kind of thrown together a, a good a good pile of playmakers on the offensive and defensive side of the ball as well to uh, to make a run here in the NFC. I think now, like we were talking last week about the, the NFC South, the Panthers could very well be favored if C.J. Stroud, you know, becomes just a decent quarterback in his rookie year. And I think they have the offense to match it, and they has C.J. Stroud will definitely have a lot of, uh, a lot of playmakers around him to be successful, so... I'll say he's going first overall, pair him up with Frank Reich, and uh, Carolina's set to contend for a good playoff spot, I think, this upcoming season. Yeah, and like you said, it wouldn't completely shock me if it was any of the four, Yeah, the top four guys. I don't, I don't think there's ever been a year where that's really been the case. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, I, I would honestly lean more towards the Panthers getting uh, Richardson or Levis. Instead of Bryce Young. Instead of Bryce Young. Hmm. Just... I, I got this weird feeling. I got it's the pan personally. Like <laughs> it's the Panthers, I, they're gonna screw something up yeah. at some point. Like they can't have a flawless offseason. Yeah, it's I happen. know a lot of Panthers fans, and we are, of course Matthew Griego, big Panther guy. Yeah, he's been telling me that if they somehow get Levis, he's just done. It would he's just, done being a Panthers yeah, fan. Yeah, I just laugh <laughs> so hard if they picked Levis, traded up every traded gave gave everything away. Yeah, got to one, had the had the golden apple right there. And uh, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, get we'll get Will Levis. We'll see what happens. I, I really, I but really that's your do guy. not know. That that's is my your guy. guy. I I have Levis going. Uh, I, I think he's going to get to a good team. It just kind of depends on the situation. I think he's one of those quarterbacks where I think he can be good with the situation he's put in. But we'll get into him a little bit later. Um, second overall, Chris, the Houston Texans occupy the second pick. They had the number one for like the whole season. It was kind of like the Jaguars-Jets situations a few years ago where the Jets like won in week 17 or 18, lost the first overall pick, and they ended up with Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence, which has seemed to be a major F up uh, as of recently. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers, and they're like apparently a top 10 team now. So, you know, who knows what the Jets are really feeling about that year. But the Texans, you know, Lovey Smith and his dying breath as the head coach after one season, going three and thirteen and one, he throws together a last-second victory to screw them out of the number one overall pick. All hope seemed to be lost until, uh, or not, all hope didn't seem to be lost until Chicago traded away the pick, and now Bryce Young could be snatched up at one. We don't know yet, but he's still available on the board for both of us after C.J. Stroud's taken. Who do you have them taking? Do they get their guy? Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> Houston Texans definitely going to take uh, Bryce Young uh, at number two. I think they have Mechie there. Uh, he's he's yeah. 
Is he going to be playing? Because I know he had that. He had can Was it cancer that he had? I, I, I or some kind of medical issue? Something I can't remember exactly, but I do think I've read that he will be, you know, an asset this year. Okay. I don't, well, know, if he, I don't know if he's going to be 100 percent the whole season, but like he will be used potentially. So I don't know. Well, that'll work well. I mean, they were obviously teammates and did very well together in at Alabama, and I think the Houston Texans, they're going to just get that connection. They've seen it with Burrow and Chase. And they're just going to keep that going with getting Bryce Young, adding him to their, their team. And they got a lot, a lot of young talent there anyways. They got Damian Pierce, who looked very good last year. Uh, that Petrie, safety, uh, he's very, very good, very young. So they got a lot of good things to look forward to. If they can get Bryce Young and add more weapons in this draft across the board, then I think they'll be very, very excited going forward. And I think the Houston Texans could definitely be moving in the right direction with the Bryce Young pick because – while I don't lo- love his size, I think he's very talented, and it's obvious from what we've seen in his time at Alabama. So I think it's uh, definitely a home run hit pick here to get Bryce Young at two for the, tech- the Texans. Yeah, we'll stay in agreement here. Bryce Young, number two. It's the guy that they've been wanting, and they're going to end up getting him after all kind of the conundrums with Lovey Smith in the Week 18 game and the first overall pick being dealt. And I feel like the Houston Texans, I mean, I love their head coaching hire that we mentioned a few weeks ago, D'Amico Ryan's coming from San Francisco, the defensive coordinator. I love that for them. They kind of have a solid a solid uh, head coach for, for a couple years now that they can build off of, and he's going to bring that defensive uh, power that he had in San Francisco to Houston and try to reclaim a little bit what they had in those J.J. Watt years where that defense was kind of feared. And also I think Houston's kind of had a quiet offseason. Nothing splashy that they've done uh, a lot, but they have brought in some guys that can be solid playmakers for a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young. He's not going to be empty-handed, say, like Trevor Lawrence was his first year. So, I mean, wide receivers, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, John Mechie, guys that, you know, have been solid playmakers in this year. John Mechie, like you said, he's a covering from uh, it was acute, acute lymphoma. I got you, Chris, on the Google search. Gotcha. So recovering from that, uh, the Texans have reported amazing news about his recovery. So hopefully he should be ready for the 2023 season. Best of thoughts to him. They just picked up Dalton Schultz and uh, Noah Brown, wide receiver from the Cowboys. So those are two guys that were very productive for Dallas last year. Obviously, Dalton Schultz being tipped to be one of the better tight ends um, outside of the you know Travis Kelsey uh, upper echelon class. Dalton Schultz is a solid like fourth or fifth, I'd say, best tight end in the NFL currently. So they bring him in. Him in, and as well, they just picked up, I think yesterday or two days ago, uh, Devin Singletary from the Bills to pair him up with Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a lot of guys that yeah. Bryce Young can work with on this team. And I don't think they're they're not – Houston's not, you know, prioritizing their offseason as in a win-now situation like Carolina is. They're not making the bigger uh, additions like Carolina has so far, but they definitely are positioning themselves to, to build up with Bryce Young and hopefully free up some money in a couple of years to, you know, draft some more wide receiver help or – defensive help for them well I mean and I know we're only doing the top 10 here but the Texans do pick again at 12 and from what I've seen across the board they have them adding a very talented receiver to help Bryce Young right out the gate so who I'm just I'm saying anybody anybody any any receiver whoever they feel is the best I mean I don't I don't What's interesting about them is that I don't I don't see the Texans being even with Bryce Young that great this year. They're in a weaker division. Who knows how great they'll be? But it could maybe be a situation like the Bengals where you have Joe Burrow the first overall pick one year, and then you drop to like five, six, or seven, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be right there if he wants to snack him up from Ohio State. So I don't know. You could, you never know. There's going to be a good receivers next year too. So if they want to fill in that void, because I do think I mean Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie. It's not the best thing unless John Mechie ascends really well this season, but I don't know be interesting to see how they they pull it off yeah yeah all right number three chris arizona cardinals kind of like 
I feel like they're in a weird spot. You know, who do they really need? They could be a team to trade down if you think about yeah. it. Uh, there's been some mock drafts I've seen where them and Indianapolis trade, so Indianapolis can guarantee they get the guy they want um, if they're going for quarterback. But if Arizona stays number three, which I think we've both kind of put down, who do you have them moving on with? If if they're staying at three, then I gotta believe that they're going defense. It just depends. They need a lot of defense. It depends. Yeah. You go in secondary line. I mean, where where do they go for? Because I I have my name down, but it's them and another team. I think they could flip flop picks very easily. I think personally, I think this is the perfect spot to trade up for whoever wants Richardson or Levis. Yeah, to guarantee you get your guy. Mm-hmm. That's what I think so too. Which I think is going to happen, but it, let's just say hypothetically that the Cardinals stay at three. I don't think they can. I don't think that they can pass up on Will Anderson Jr. Yeah, that's who I'm. I, I would have said Jalen Carter had he not have done whatever he did, the whatever. whole mess that he's got right yeah, now. Yeah, whatever, whatever you can. Describe and it as I heard he looked horrible at his pro day. Just absolutely no, terrible. Really? Yeah, I heard he was just horrendous. I'm sure he's got things in his head. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I'm gonna say Will Anderson Jr. is is the the guy to get here edge rusher can really take over a game hoping they can get a Micah Parsons type of player out of him so obviously it's done wonders for Dallas so I think that's what they're going to be leaning towards if they stay here at three but I I'm leaning more towards there's going to be a desperate team who needs a quarterback and needs somebody young in there that trades up to three to get probably Richardson I think them and maybe Seattle are the two teams that are really primed to yeah maybe trade out of their spot because um, Seattle doesn't need a quarter, need a quarterback. Arizona doesn't need a quarterback either, and the sweepstakes there could, you know, to pull them in. So I'm looking, dude. I'm looking at like the Commanders. If they don't make any big moves, and they're just stuck with Howell, I think they're going to be desperate to go get a quarterback. Because yeah. again, like I said on the last show, you can't tell me that you're going to go into next season with Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett, and Jacoby Brissett <laughs> in your quarterback room and say, okay, we're going to do something and we have a chance to make the playoffs. It's just not happening. Washington's just got to get rid of – they're just waiting to get rid of Dan Snyder, who's, like, really tipped to go to get out. Like, I'm sure all their focus is just get this dude out of our organization. They're not even worried about the draft at this point. But Probably so. Starting Sam Howell could be a big middle, middle finger to the Snyder family. It's just like, if you don't leave, we're just doing this, you know, because, like, Sam Howell, yeah, sure, he looked great in Week 18 against the, uh, you know, the backups, the backups for Dallas, but I don't think he's the guy that's gonna, you know, save their entire season. No, he's not even. Like I said, if they don't get Lamar, or at least somebody, they've got to trade up for a quarterback. I mean, they just have to. They absolutely have to. Yeah. And why not get Anthony Richardson? Where are they drafting at now? I mean, sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. So. They're in a spot to do it. They're in a spot to draft up. It'll be a lot of capital. I don't know what they have available, and they don't have a lot of players to really, unless you want to. They got a lot. There's a lot of talent on the on the Commanders. Who are you thinking? I mean, you're not getting rid of Lauren. No, you can't get rid of Terry McLaurin. You can get rid of probably Curtis Samuel. Can be put in there, and you got a lot of. They got a lot of defensive pieces that you can get rid of. So, would you trade? I don't know a package you would put together, but would you get rid of Chase Young to move up to three? No. No, not worth it. Mm-mm. Okay. Not yet. I mean, he's looked very he's good as rookie here, and he got hurt last year. So, yeah. well, I'll to or make two it two years ago, and yeah. then he didn't play this year either. To make it simple, if, at three, if Arizona does stay, I have them taking Will Anderson Jr. again, edge out of Alabama. I mean, just fill the pass rush need. They kind of need anything on defense. They're kind of a team that just I, there's nothing special about them. They could be the number one overall pick next year, for all I know. Especially if Kyle Murray just isn't like 
amazing top five, top ten quarterback in the league, which he hasn't really been most of his career, aside from like the top first eight games of two years ago, of 21. But, yeah, Will Anderson should be the smart pick if they decide to stay at three. He's the best player available um, potentially in the entire draft, so I'll take him at number three. I think here's where it's going to get a little interesting, Chris. Uh, Indianapolis at four. They could take a quarterback. They could trade up. They could do whatever they kind of want here. Who do you have them selecting? A lot of quarterbacks still left. And I don't know if you want to go that route, but what do you have them taking at number four overall? Seems to be a trend with the Colts in the past 20 seasons, at least from what I've seen. I'm going to say that they go with Will Levis Mm. at quarterback. They don't seem to like the mobile quarterback. They don't? They like the pocket-passing quarterbacks to me. I mean, they've had, what, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, Rivers, Matt Matt Ryan, Ryan. Carson Wentz. Uh, Who else have they had? Sam Ellinger was playing. Nick Foles was playing. Cut from the same cloth kind of guys. Yeah, Yeah. so, yeah, I think uh, (laughs) if you look at those type of guys, you can tell that Will Levis is probably going to be the quarterback picked here. Just your pocket-passing, big-arm type of guy. And I think that's the direction the Colts are going to go. They could shock people and pick the dual threat for the first time in a while, but I think – I think Will Levis is going to be the definite pick for the Colts at four. I don't know how much, because I think they're going to take a quarterback. The fun thing is here, because when I originally am thinking this, and a lot of mock drafts are saying Will Levis will go here, I think they skip out on Will Levis, and I do think they go the mobile quarterback route with Anthony Richardson because they just hired the Philly Shane guy? Steichen, offensive coordinator from Philly, to be their new head coach. And Philadelphia is one of those teams that's kind of, you know, they always get the dual threat. Jalen Hurts, Carson Wentz was mobile when he was a rookie in his first couple years. And they've always kind of been that dynamic running team. So if they want to lean into the rushing ability of, you know, Anthony Richardson from Florida and then pair him up with Jonathan Taylor and kind of be a more dynamic offense in that way instead of a pure pocket that they've kind of been in the past, I wouldn't put it past them. And so I'm gonna, I have it labeled here, shock of the draft in the first couple rounds. Anthony Richardson's the third quarterback off the board at number four, Phil and Shane Steichen's offense, and uh, they turn into the Philly of the, of the AFC South. Interesting. Shock there. Quite. Se- uh, Seattle Seahawks, number five, another team that I think could potentially trade out, maybe. Who do you have them taking uh, at number five overall? Um, hmm. How It's like if, if Anthony Richardson's just sitting there, how confident are you in Geno Smith? And knowing that Anthony Richardson is a guy who needs to be polished and developed, he could be done, you know, groomed by Geno over the next couple of years. Yeah. And that's the type of quarterback that the Seahawks like. They like the mobile dual threat guy. I could see Seattle. I mean, they're not a stupid organization. They're one of the smarter ones, I'd, yeah. I'd say, in the league. You could pull the whole, you know, the trick of, we're going to draft Anthony Richardson unless you trade with us. And then trade us back a couple picks, and then you can come here and get Anthony yeah. Richardson. So I mean, they could play that game because they, I think at, at five, they would be the spot that the fourth quarterback would go if they're going to go in that order. Because if if I got them picking at five, I'm thinking they're either going to go Christian Gonzalez corner or probably like to have the Ty- Tyreek Woolen and mm-hmm. Gonzalez duo, or probably just getting Tyree Wilson defensive end out of Texas Tech. Because uh, Will Anderson's off the board, and if they're going to go with the defensive end threat with Jalen Carter's mess going on, I guess I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson at five for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. They need defense. It ain't what it used to be, that's for sure. And they need to build that up. And I guess if they're confident in Geno after the year he just had, 
more power to them. They got weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I guess I'm going to go with Tyree Wilson. But I wouldn't be I – mean, like like you said, they could definitely use that, hey, we're going to yeah. take Anthony Richardson unless you trade trade us for this Because, I mean, Geno Smith, he just signed was a – this was a three-year deal? Mm-hmm. I think so it's three-year. he's kind of down pat for a few years, but he's obviously not the long-term answer. You could say he's a bridge or, or a little higher than a bridge quarterback at this point for how he played as well as he did last year. So, yeah, if you want to get an Anthony Richardson guy to sit behind him, or, I mean, if Anthony Richardson's taken by the Colts, like I predicted, if you want to threaten Levis – to sit behind Geno Smith. It would be the worst thing in the world. It would be a shock, I think, if they, you know, kind of played that game with the other teams. But I think for, for five at Seattle, kind of like you said, Christian Gonzalez or Tyree Wilson, uh, it's kind of that play on who they want to uh, who they want to specialize in. I think for Seattle, the edge um, options looking a little better. Tyree Wilson was great. Or, uh, what was their quarter saying that was so good last year? Tyreek Woolen. I got mm-hmm. to mix up. He was so good for them last year. I think they leaned into that a little bit in the secondary. They take Tyree Wilson, edge out of Texas Tech, at number five. And uh, it's a big position to need for them still. It's not going to be a bad pick by any means. Uh, big physical, three-down edge rusher. And uh, I think he could really help that defense kind of get back to where they used to be a little bit. So I'll take Tyree Wilson at five. And then you have Detroit at six, which I feel like for the Lions fans, you you're you sitting at six right now, this is probably the best you've ever felt with the top 10 pick that you've had in your entire lives as Lions fans. Because this team is poised for the playoffs. They're poised to win their division next year. They're only getting better, it looks like, under Dan Campbell. And you have the number six pick to really upgrade any part of your team. So who do you have them going with? This is tough. Um, with as good as Jared Goff played, I don't think – I think we can rule out quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I just don't – I think they're – they believe they got their guy. He's top five in the NFC, and that's yeah. just, that's what you need. He's he's played he played well last season, and and had them going at the end of the season, which was was cool to see. Um, I think their secondary has definitely been less than stellar. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda's kind of struggled to catch on, from what I've seen. Uh, not had too much like he started out playing in the season, and I noticed he like took a step back, mm-hmm. uh, and they like demoted him a little bit as the season went on. So I think I think they kind of have to go with. Uh, Christian Gonzalez here, corner, just so they can go get that secondary piece that they've been missing, I guess, for the past three to four years now. So Jeff Akuda didn't work out, did he? I don't think <laughs> I. He's had a lot of injuries that have thrown him off and really messed up his uh, progressions. So I think uh, maybe he's gonna. I think he's gonna get better, and I think if they can add two young guys who can build off one another and work together. That's going to be really good for them. So I think getting Christian Gonzalez and hopefully they can push each other, him and Okuda can push each other in practice, make each other better, and really solidify that secondary. Yeah, I thought I thought Christian Gonzalez would be the take here because Jeff Okuda kind of panned out. The defense is the issue that they're going to have to address because, I mean, for a lot of the beginning of last season, they had, I think it was the number one offense with like the 30-second defense for like mm-hmm. the first three, four, or five weeks of the year. And that's going to be a huge position of need for them to pick. But – Free agency, you get Cameron Sutton from Pittsburgh, good cornerback. You get C.J. Gardner-Johnson from Philadelphia. And the secondary all of a sudden looks much more confident than it did just a month ago. And so I think – You staying Jalen Carter? I think they take a risk at Jalen Carter, beef him up down in the defensive line, get some more help down there. Obviously, you have uh, a lot of young guys. What's uh, – I can't remember his name that he drafted last year. It's on the top of my head. Uh, Who? Detroit. Who, who's like Aiden this? Hutchinson? Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't think of it. I had Jalen Carter second in my head. Aiden Hutchinson. You get him down there with him. You get some firepower. 
Off-field issues aside, Detroit, you know, Dan Campbell, I don't know how risky they go. I know a lot of teams like, you know, Dallas or the Raiders a lot of the times will draft these off-the-field issue players just hoping that something something good comes out of it. I don't know how risky Detroit is with feeling through that, but I think they I think they go with, with Jalen Carter and take the take the value and take, you know, potentially the second-best player in this draft. Um, Jalen Carter is just such a wild card for me because, like, you don't hard. know if there's anything more that's going to come out of it. Yeah. And I don't know. I just feel like it's just a, such a risk to try and draft him. It's a massive risk. I, if they took Christian Gonzalez, like you said, it wouldn't be wouldn't scare me. Uh, it'd be a crazy good secondary if you have him paired up with, like I said, C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Cameron Sutton and all the other guys. That I mean, back there. you could just shop Akuda at that point. Yeah, that probably point. he's so young, you could get stuff I'd out say of it. You get for him. a fourth or fifth out of him at least, or yeah, whatever probably you so. Want to go for so? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting for Detroit. Does it six? Like I said, it's the best feeling they've had in a long time at number six. And I think for that team, as long as you don't, like, really screw this up, I think you should be happy if you fill any position of need. So either Christian Gonzalez, Jalen Carter, you know, with the off-field issues, it's a wild card, but he could still be a great player for them um, in years to come if the stuff gets cleared up, which... I kind of feel like they're hoping that either Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson just somehow falls to them. Yeah. Makes their life a lot easier. I mean, if there's the deals with with trading back, I mean, the top four... they could go up to the Cardinals' thir- three spot if they wanted they, to. They could move up if they wanted to guarantee Will Anderson, or if they want to hope that teams trade their picks for quarterbacks. The top four are all quarterbacks, and the number five, you know, with Seattle could be Will Anderson. And then you have the pick of the litter of Tyree Wilson, Christian Gonzalez, or any other defensive player yeah, you want to go for. Yeah, exactly. All right, number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. Who do you have them selecting? They've had an interesting offseason, just signed Jimmy G. Um, Josh McDaniels, still the head coach. Uh, disappointing year last year after dealing Derek Carr. How do you think they play their draft cards? This one is really tough. With the guys that we have off the board, someone's got to pick Richardson, right? Well, your board's different than my board. So I already yeah. have Richardson going to the Colts. That's right. Well, someone's got to take the last quarterback. I'll say that. Someone's got to take the last quarterback. Maybe Richardson falls all the way to the, to the teens, like a lot of the January and February mark drafts. Do. It seems very tough for a lot of these teams to trust Jimmy G completely because you don't know he has he does have a history of getting injured and not playing mm-hmm. for a good portion of seasons and he hasn't fully taken his team to the to the end and won. Yeah. So I'm gonna say that Richardson gets taken by the Raiders at seven. Sit behind or sit behind or, or compete with Jimmy G. Learn under Jimmy G. Learn under Jimmy G for the whole year and I think the Raiders are going to be good he can learn it kind of it's kind of like a uh, maybe a Jordan Love Aaron Rodgers situation but a much better quarterback sitting back there on the bench yeah I'm sure he'd be happy to hear that he has to sit behind a quarterback for three or four years before he gets a shot no I mean he ain't gonna sit back that long <laughs> I'm just saying he's gonna he's drafted in the first round definitely gonna sit back there and learn and uh, whenever they're ready to hand it over to Richardson, they'll, they'll do so. Yeah, what was the Jimmy G contract? Do you know off the top of your head? I do not. I do not. Well, that's if, if you just look up, uh, wow, if you look up Jimmy G Raiders, there's some interesting headlines. I don't know if I can say these on air. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just look up Jimmy G Raiders and look at, like, the, the top stories. Because as of a day ago, he's been offered some pretty lucrative deals since he's now in Las Vegas. And he also is, you know, the prettiest man in football. Well, wow. I mean, we could say it, right? I can say a Vegas strip club is gifting him 50K lifetime membership. How about I just say offering it? offering that. Yeah, you go for Here it. Here we go. All right. TMZ. Jimmy Garoppolo has been offered 
free sex for life from Las Vegas brothel workers. Is that like, (laughs) what's the point though? Is they just offering it to offering it? It's not like they're trying to like bring him into Las Vegas. You know what I mean? If they're trying to lure him to sign, that's one thing, but he's already there. So what a guy. I mean, can he, can he really turn that down? I mean, we know Jimmy G and his antics and what he's done previously. Wow, that's a that's a headline right there. That's, why is that not trending on ESPN? That's that's some Gosh. good stuff there. It's like uh, I don't know. <laughs> what I, I'm telling you, Jimmy G's just living the life, ain't he? Yeah, yeah. I he's mean, made so much money. He's won like three fourths of his NFL career games. Not he's, he's not overly like talented by any means. Yeah. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He ain't fast. He's not the smartest guy out there. He's just. He's been the sexiest man in football for over many years. <laughs> I guess I think so. Joe Burrow is probably trying to compete with him now. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's, he's got the reins on that thing anyway. Um, but Las Vegas, for me, I think the quarterback picks the right one. Even signing Jimmy G, I think that's I – mean, they, they, I mean, they could go defense, but I think at the point in the draft you're at, there's not really you – know, you're not going to get a receiver. I don't think you're still – you still like Tay Adams. You're not going to you know, maybe reach for defense. You might want to wait a little bit on that. So I think – I have them taking Will Levis here at seven. I think if they wanted an understudy under Jimmy G, I think Levis might be the smarter choice than Richardson. But at number seven, they might have to just pick with who's left if, uh, like we predicted, Seattle – or not Seattle, Indianapolis does take a quarterback. I think for Will Levis, it's the smarter decision. I think he requires a year or two behind a quarterback, a little bit more than maybe Richardson would to develop into an NFL-caliber guy. Obviously, strong arm, athletic abilities off the charts. You know, He's a runner. He's, big and he's a big-body guy. But I think he's going to need to fine-tune a lot of his post-snap decisions, a lot of his reads, um, to really be a quality NFL starter. And you get behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who, like you said, is not the best quarterback in the world. But, I mean, he's won plenty of games. He's played on different types of offenses. He's played for some of the best coaches. Yeah, he's played under Brady as well. Under Brady. So he knows he's not stupid. So I think if there's any quarterback to, to teach Will Levis how to, how to just be a smart, you know, quality quarterback in the NFL, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad option. So I have them taking Levis at seven. And now the top four quarterbacks – off the board, and Hendon Hooker is just going to sit there and wait for whenever he gets picked. No, we get picked late because no one's just going to go get a quarterback. They're just yeah. going to let him sit and marinate. Yeah, a little bit. Chill back there. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. How do you have them going now? They've made a lot of moves in the uh, in free agency and in this offseason so far. But I think they've done well adding to their defense uh, and trying to, to bolster that for the next season. So I got Atlanta taking Peter Skoronsky, mm. offensive tackle or – I guess he's just offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Yeah. He might is he a center? What is he? The stuff I'm looking at, he's listed as a tackle, a guard, and a center. Yeah, so. that's what it says here. I will just say offensive lineman out of Northwestern. Gadget guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's uh, very, very, very talented. Played in the Big Ten. That's uh, kind of where your O linemen typically are, and uh, he just uh, a beast and does well in his position. Uh, he's very talent, uh, smart, obviously, and. Helped Northwestern a ton, even though they were a pitiful football team mm-hmm. last year. I don't know if you saw their record, but oh yeah, not yeah. it's pretty buns. Yeah, yeah. Vanderbilt of the Big Ten. But I feel like you gotta you gotta protect Ritter if he's gonna be your guy from now on, as well oh. as letting Algier, their new running back, who just went off at the yeah. end of last yeah. season. Uh, so that's probably the move here for the Falcons. Got to build that O line. Got to have something to run behind and protect that mm-hmm. that QB. So I think that's the right move for the Falcons at eight. Now for my mock draft, Christian Gonzalez is still available for the Falcons to snag up. Cornerback is one of the needs, not necessarily as big as I'd say as maybe receiver or offensive line, 
But I feel like in my mock draft, they're not going to pass up Christian Gonzalez, the best cornerback in this draft out of Oregon. So they're going to they're going to snag him, pair him up on the defensive side to to help create a little extra possessions for Ritter and Algier and uh, and Kyle Pitts and all those guys down there. So I'll have Christian Gonzalez going off the board at number eight. Um, maybe a reach for Atlanta needs wise, but they're not the smartest organization in the world, so it's totally an Atlanta move for them. So uh, I will have them taking Christian Gonzalez. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's not the best pick, but I do think he's a top ten guy, and he's got to go somewhere. So I don't think they pass up. Maybe best. Maybe they're in the best player available kind of mentality, and that's who they go with. Number eight or number nine, the Chicago Bears. I have a wild card here. I'm, you may made the same decision. I don't know. Who do you have going to to Chicago? This is an easy pick. Justin Fields has very good connections with this guy. They talk all the time, yeah. and uh, they, this is this is the definite need for the Bears with everything that they've accomplished and achieved and acquired in this offseason and through free agency they are going to go with Paris Johnson Jr. offensive tackle out of Ohio Ah. State yep I think he's to me he's the best offensive lineman in this draft class he had a pretty solid combine he's just a beastly human being and just his stats throughout college were phenomenal and with the connection with Fields and playing with Fields I believe for a short amount of time at Ohio State, I think it's the, uh, the or maybe I don't know if he played with he might have played with Fields. He you may have been there. I, you know better than I do. Yeah, I think he would. He did. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, they're gonna go with Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah. Well, love me or hate me for my pick. Paris Johnson's a great pick. I have him going a little later, but also have this guy going a little later too. But I think to have some fun in this, Chicago puts a reach, follows suit of some other teams. They draft Jackson Smith and Jigba nine really? overall, first receiver off the board. Only one season together with Justin Fields, but you pair them up together, former Ohio State uh, companions. And uh, like you said, you, like I said, you, you do what a lot of teams have kind of been doing, and it's what we've been preaching as well. You pair up a college quarterback and college receiver, and, I mean, it's worked in Philadelphia. It's worked in uh, Cincinnati and some other places that I can't think of off the top of my head. So, I mean, I love that pick. Yeah. I really do. It's, I it's like a little, that. It's, it's a small reach because I think uh, Njigba's will probably be the first court, uh, wide receiver off the board, but he might be more like a – 13 to 19 kind of range guy but number nine overall for Chicago to give weapons to, to Justin Fields it's kind of like the Joe Burrow Penny Sewell yeah, uh, Jamar yeah, Chase situation right. where do you protect him or give him more guys to throw to it's worked out well for them it, I mean I think they've, they've, they've been to Super Bowl yeah. and AFC championship Penny Sewell's not awful either um, I think he went to what Detroit yeah so Chicago has the same conundrum and I think they go with Jackson Smith and Jigba you know the more the more that you I think about that, Ooh, that you said it. You like it more. I think that makes a lot more sense. Do I think the Bears will do it? No. Probably not. <laughs> Bears that's are not a, very smart. That, that'd be a flashy pick. Yeah. I think. That'd be a very flashy pick. Yeah. Um, but I love it. I love that pick. Yeah. I really do. That's one. Of, that's my favorite pick we've had so far there that I've go. heard. Yeah. All righty. Last pick of the top 10, the Philadelphia Eagles. Sucks for me that they're drafting top 10, but, you know, they make whatever trade that was um, to get that. And who do you got? them going for 10th overall around at the top 10 well philly seems to be turning themselves into the georgia bulldogs so mm. i'm gonna go with jalen carter okay is going to be taken i know they have uh what's that guy they jordan davis was it yeah jordan from davis last year from georgia yeah yeah so i mean I'm, I'm sure these guys are teammates and to put them both in the middle on that line just to make sure nobody's running through there there you go i mean that would be good for Philly and I know they have a lot of Georgia guys on the team already so on that defense especially so I'll take uh, Jalen Carter falls to 10 Eagles take him and continue to 
build up their defense. Yeah, the Eagles have lost a ton of guys in the to free agency so far. I mean, Javon Hargrave, I think, was the biggest loss team going to the 49ers. So they definitely are going to want to kind of reclaim a lot of that defensive prowess they had. Um, and I would have had them taking Jalen Carter. He's off the board for me. I do think um, you think defensive line could be here. I have Miles Murphy out of Clemson going mm. here um, to stack up that defense, uh, defensive uh, or edge rusher. Miles Murphy plays DL too. Like he's kind of all over the place. Reinforce that pass rush. You lose Javon Hargrave. You lose some other guys, and um, I think you just need to bullshit a little bit. So. They'll take him, and uh, and yeah, that'll round out my top ten. I think I think it really at nine with Chicago. I think at that point everything kind of falls apart. You don't know who's taking who. Um, there could be ten different guys going to Chicago. There could be ten different guys going to Philadelphia. So it'll be interesting to see where all these guys end up. But I'll ask you, Chris. Now um, you have a bold prediction for the first round, either inside the top ten or the whole thing. It could be one bold prediction. Before you want we, my bold prediction? Yeah, before we go into break and do uh, some trivia after this. Mm. My bold prediction. Hmm. That's tough. I've. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things to go for. I mean, a lot of receivers. I mean, that you okay, a team that nobody out. thought would trade up and get or yeah. be able to get a quarterback is going to trade up and get uh. one of. Levis so or Richardson. An outside guy swooping in, like, like I San said, Francisco did a few years ago. Like yeah, like uh, the Commanders. Uh, any team sitting back there, just desperate for a quarterback, and mm-hmm. that needs one. It could be Baltimore if they lose. If they definitely lose Lamar, they could go get Richardson. That's their type of guy, yeah. right? I mean, they like that. Their offense suits a dual threat. So you never know. I mean, I'm thinking one of those teams. With three just sitting there being a Cardinals, you don't think they're going to really pick any. There's nothing yeah. like they like supremely need right there, you know? Uh-huh. So I, I could see somebody from way back coming up to three and getting somebody, uh, getting a quarterback. This is, I don't know. That's that's similar to what I had too. And I wasn't going to say like there's going to be five or six receivers taken in the first round, but that's not crazy bold because I think five is kind of projected number currently with, mm-hmm. um, you know, Zay Flowers and Jordan Johnson. Addison and, and Johnson, yeah. I'll make my poll prediction, which is similar to what you said. I think Will Levis falls further than any quarterback, and I think he's drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at number 19 They're desperate for overall. One. Baker Mayfield's our star going into the season. You can make a very strong argument that if some quarterbacks go to the teams we expect them to, and even if not, Baker Mayfield's probably one of the worst starters in the NFL this upcoming season. Um, so I think they make a splash. If, the, if it falls them all the way, I think they – they bite on Will Levis or Anthony Richardson if either of those fall, or maybe Hendon Hooker in the first round if you want to make that big of a reach because I think he might not be a first-round guy. Um, but I think the Buccaneers would pick up Will Levis if he falls. So that's my bold prediction is that Levis falls number 19, and he is drafted to Tampa. I tell you, you know what else could be some pressure? Yeah. The Vikings could have a lot of pressure drafting a quarterback. You're yeah. looking at a 34-year-old Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. He's obviously at the end right now. Right. I think the Vikings are, are going to be the next team to just fully commit to a rebuild that's been decent for a while. But you get rid of Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson's going to need to be paid, and I'd, I'd assume they'd pay him, but do you want to pay Justin Jefferson and commit to, like, you know, Kirk Cousins for three more years? Because, you know, he's going to get a big extension, Jefferson is, but then I don't know when Kirk Cousins' contract runs out, but it's not crazy long. So you're going to have to make a commitment there of do you want this to be the guy throwing to our, you know, our – franchise wide receiver or do we want to try to get somebody yeah, that can I mean, maximize his talent more are you going to sit there and lose 
one of the best receivers in the league, probably the best receiver in the league right now, mm-hmm. because you know you're gonna keep Kirk forever. I mean, I can I can guarantee. I know that Kirk and Justin Jefferson are are tight and all. Yeah, I mean, they're not doing bad together right. necessarily. But I but mean, you don't want to waste gotta, Justin Jefferson's talent yeah. with not being able to get far enough. You to know, Kirk's not it. gonna win. He's just not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. He ain't never done it. He's not going to. And I th- feel like him being 34. You gotta put somebody back there. At least, like Richardson would be perfect to trade up for because he can sit there and learn behind Kirk for the next year or two. He's gonna be 36. That's the perfect time to plug in Anthony Richardson, who's been meshing with Jefferson the past two seasons then and learning that system. That's that's perfect. That'd be ideal. But again, he who knows? A, um, Kirk Cousins signed a two-year contract extension extension worth 66 million on March 16th, 2020. Um, I'm trying to see. I think that ends this year, next year, 2023. It voids in 24. I guess it was an extension. It just added on. So I think he's at least signed through 24, or at least through this season. So he could be available for something next year. I don't know exactly. but I got to feel like they got to pick. They might go later rounds and get, like, Hendon. But, I mean, if it's there, opportunity presents itself. Sometimes you got to make a splash, man. I tell you, if I was Dallas, I'd be doing the same thing. It's going to be interesting because, I mean, after Hendon, who's the guys in this draft quarterback-wise? Stetson, Max Duggan. See, I don't, uh, feel, I don't feel nice about any of those guys. No. They're just like fringe guys. You know, you don't, they're not going to do anything special. They're just going to yeah. I I be okay. I think like Dallas it's for like Sam Minnesota, Ellen. I mean, Minnesota's still, I mean, even though they had the 13-3 record last year, which really easily could have been a 9-8 and eight record, seeing how they played a lot of the year and how close games they kind of you know flip-flopped a lot of those times. They could be a team, again, that could compete at least this year, not be a first-round exit, but they're going to have to do something because you lose Adam Thielen, you've lost some other things. They're going to have to you know, resuit and reload. So we'll see how it goes. That would be interesting. But mm. You know, it wouldn't shock me as well what? if Nolan Smith gets reached on. Reached on? Yeah. He had a really good combine. And you know who has a history of reaching? Raiders. They do yeah. it all the time. They've all that's all they've done for the past like Where were they re- they're not reaching at 7. You never know. I mean if for I personally people could say Nolan Smith is better than Jalen Carter. Yeah. He sits at that edge rusher position which is more important than the interior to a lot of people. He runs a 4340. And he had an um, elite level combine mm-hmm. and he was obviously their best defender before he got hurt this past season. Yeah. So why wouldn't you pick him over Jalen Carter? You Raider, know what I'm Raiders saying? have made some dumb picks, some reach picks. Cleveland Farrell, who Cleveland, they just got was, rid of. They thinking. picked it like four. Four overall, which I think he was projected. Was he even a first-round projection? It was late, if any. It was late. And, they got and this guy's projected 27 right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if the four quarterbacks are gone and they're not one of them who picked them. Yeah. See I mean, a reach with with trade ups. I mean, the four quarterbacks could go one, two, three, four. We don't, especially mm-hmm. with the way Anthony Richardson's risen through draft boards and Will Levis is, you know, the question mark that he is. You're going to have the top two picks being quarterbacks, and yep. the next two guys, whether teams trade up to grab them or not, will be a thing to watch. So, ooh, will be interesting, very interesting. Well, Chris, let's go into a break. When we get back, we got some trivia for each of us. Uh, going to be kind of a showdown. He'll ask me questions, I'll ask Chris questions, and we'll just see who gets the most right. We have ten questions total. Some of mine are formatted in weird ways that have like multiple answers or whatever. So we'll, we'll just we'll just play for fun. We'll see how this goes. But stay tuned for that, and uh, you can test your own trivia abilities if you're listening. That'll be 
a fun thing for y'all to do alongside of us. So stay tuned for that. Remember to follow us on our podcasting network. We are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. That is off the bench on all major podcast platforms. And you can listen to this episode later tonight and all other episodes of Off the Bench, all 97 episodes on Off the Bench or on our podcasting network. That is, again, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen. Follow us there. Remember to uh, listen to this one song, and we will be right back after the break. back here on off the bench my name is Hayden Joyner joined with Chris Fortenberry and we're about to do some some NFL draft trivia some fun stuff to end off the show here so stay tuned for that Chris has 10 questions prepared for me I got 10 questions prepared for Chris that are all about the NFL draft and uh, some of the fun stuff regarding that so uh, who do you want you want to start Chris you want me to start you Uh, can start I'll start asking you questions yeah what's your leaning towards all right well like I said, these are all pertaining to the NFL draft. They go back about to the last 10 years, so since the, 2020, since the 2013 NFL draft, and they range from asking things about what players are drafted, what position, and some other fun stuff, uh, you know, top five picks, stuff like that. So, Chris, you ready? Yep. No Googling. I see you on your laptop, but no Googling I these answers. Not. I trust you. All right, question number one. I'll just tally these to know how many you get right. In the 2017 NFL draft, it's famous for the Bears taking Mitch Trubisky at number two. Of, instead of Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. But who was the fourth quarterback taken that year? Mitch was first, right? Mitch was first. And then you said Deshaun Watson Deshaun was up there. And, Deshaun and Mahomes. and Mahomes were the other two first-rounders at like 12 and 14, whatever they were. But who was the fourth quarterback taken in 2017? I'll let you ponder on that for a second. Can you tell me what pick they were at least? They were pick 52 overall oh geez so second round pick it's a long long wait for the fourth quarterback 52 17 i'm trying to think need to turn a timer on for you yeah i'm just it's just struggling to think about this yeah i'll give you uh 10 seconds starting now can you give me another hint he, no, no. No uh, other hints. Does he it, still play for the team he's... Okay, he does not play for the team. He was drafted He by. was drafted to, correct. I don't know if he's still in the NFL. Jeez. He's a stretch. Uh, but he is a name you know. He is a name you know. All right, 10 seconds. I promise they're not all this tough. All right, final answer. I don't know, like, that can't be right. He was still playing at that time. Final answer, yikers. Hmm. I promise they're all, not all this hard, I'd hope, but I have two 2013 draft questions. So this right. might be One last hint before I guess. One last hint. Can you just tell me what uh, he was drafted conference the, he played in? He was in the AFC. Not, I meant like in, in, division? in college. Oh, and college. Where did he go to college? That's a great I know it in my top of my head. I don't need his – you just said AFC, by the way? He was. He played in the AFC, or he was drafted to an AFC team is what I mean. Um, no, I can't tell you the conference because that would practically give it away. <laughs> really? You'll, you'll know when the answer happens, yes. 
jeez. All right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. I I couldn't even think of a name. Drafted in the second round, number 52 overall, to the Cleveland Browns. It was Deshaun Kaiser. Oh. He played at Notre Dame in college, yeah. so if I had told you he yeah. was an independent, it would have probably given that away. Cause yeah. there's I forgot about Deshaun Kaiser. Deshaun Kaiser. Yeah. All right, so let's scratch for you on number one. No, yeah. Number two, this one gets a little easier. It's going to get a little harder. Just kind of, it doesn't go in a, an exact order necessarily, but there's, this one should be maybe a little easier for you. How many spots was Jalen Rager drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson? One. One spot's correct. 21 and 22, respectively. Hopefully, I didn't want to trip you up on that one, but give you a little easier one to wet your palate after that first question. Yeah, that one was brutal. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Well, now we're going to go to another hard one. This is a 2013 draft. Lovely. Um, three of the top four picks in the 2013 draft were tackles. Two of them played for Super Bowls. Can you name – or two of them won Super Bowls. Can you name those two? 2013 Going to take, take a wild guess here. Yeah. I know two of them. So I'm going to say Luke Jokel, Eric Fisher, because I know those two guys. Those were are two in. of the three. Yeah. One's won a Super Bowl. One hasn't. Was Eric Fisher the one who won it? Eric Fisher has won the Super With Bowl. With the Chiefs? With the Chiefs. Luke Jokel was the second overall pick for Jacksonville. Yeah. He is a, he is one of the three tackles. There's a fourth one, number fourth overall. Won a Super Bowl. He's still in the league. He's probably a Hall of Famer. Really? Those are your hints. Probably a Hall of Famer. AFC or NFC? NFC. That's it. I'm throwing my hands up <laughs> okay, here. I can't okay. be more specific. All right. All right. Um, probably, I, I figured you'd know Luke Jokel because he's a Jacksonville. Yeah. You know you know who the other guy is. But, yeah. Arguably the best player of the three. Actually, probably easily the best player of and the he's three. And he still, is he still playing? I believe he's still in the league um looking at my fingers typing maybe no nope that's i spelled it wrong that's a rugby player yes he's still in the league hmm and you said nfc nfc hall of famer it's not like is it like a Philly, Philly guy? I don't know. A lot of teams draft uh, draft tackles. It's not like Jason Peters or anything dumb like that. No, not no. Jason Peters. Jeez. All right, ten seconds, Bruh. You've gotten one of the two. You got Eric Fisher, number one overall, twenty thirteen. Yeah. This is number fourth overall. Ten seconds, starting now. Jeez, NFC. Can't be. Can't be like Seattle. Not like Trent Williams. Not Trent Williams. No, either. he didn't win a Super Bowl. All right, final guess. All right, here's the here's gonna here's the final guess. Give me one second. <laughs> it's a lot of seconds. It is. It is. I'm, I apologize. I'm I'm lost. I got uh, got nothing for this one. Lane Johnson, Eagles. Gosh, Fourth it was overall. a Philly guy. It was a Philly guy. Yeah, Lane Johnson. He's he was extended in 2019, so he's still in the Eagles. I don't know why I thought Jason Peters over Lane Johnson. That's I mean Eagles guy for a lot of his career. He's now like 40 something, but yeah. that's a little too old to be drafted in uh 13. In 13. Yeah. 
So yeah, Lane Johnson's the next one. I mean, you got Luke Jokel, so you got two of them. So yeah, there you go. Luke the Joke Jokel is what we called yeah. him. He was hor- horrendous. All right, this one's a little tough. You might want to maybe write some. This is this is kind of a fun one. All right, number four. Seven quarterbacks from the 2022 NFL Draft completed a pass in the season. Can you order them from most to least passing yards? The seven quarterbacks were, in no particular order, Malik Willis, Bailey Zappi, Brock Purdy, Desmond Ritter, Skylar Thompson, Kenny Pickett, and Sam Howell. Okay. I will say... Oof. Most to least passing yards, seven guys. Can I can I just pull up the list to look at? I'm not gonna. Yeah, if you could yeah. find a list, I don't know if it'll if it'll say necessarily the order. Yeah. I think number one should be fairly obvious. Number is number one, Pickett. Number one is Kenny Pickett. Okay. that's correct. Number two, we can go down in order. So number two, number two, I will say I gotta say it's Brock Purdy. Number two is Brock Purdy. He had thirteen hundred seventy four. Passing yards. Okay. Number right. three, you're down to uh, Skylar Thompson, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappi, and Desmond Ritter, who had the third most passing yards of the draft class. That is tough. Ritter only played like two games. Four, no, he played like four games. How many did – I feel like Bailey Zappi got some good playing time and he played and threw a good bit, but – Okay, so give me the give me the names again. Skylar Thompson, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Bailey Zappi, and Desmond Ritter are your final five. You got Kenny Pickett first, Brock Purdy second. Those are correct. Who is the third at most passing yards? This is where it gets tricky. These final five. So it's Skylar Thompson, Bailey Zappi. Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis. Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Yeah. If you know any of the other orders, you can throw the number out there, and I'll tell you if it's correct or not. You don't have to go one, two, three. So if you know who's last or second to last or whoever you figure. Give me, jeez, give me. Dude. I like Malik Willis and Sam Howell, I want to feel like are dead last. Potentially, yes. Yeah, because Malik Willis didn't. He didn't throw for He played, nothing. like, one game or two games. I don't know. Yeah. Let's put Mal- Malik Willis at the bottom. That is wrong. Second to last. He is second to last. Okay. Yes. Can we Sam Howell at the bottom? Sam Howell's at the okay. bottom, yes. Yeah. So you got the top two, you got the bottom two. Now the bo- the three, four, and five spots, you got Bailey Zappi, Skylar Thompson, and Desmond Ritter. Give me Desmond Ritter. Oh, <sighs> <sighs> They mean to make this one super tricky. Really, seven guys to rank is a lot. It was Skylar Thompson, Desmond Ritter, Bailey Zappi? No. No, no, no. I'm saying that's oh, those the three, are the final three. Yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes. Well, I know that's not the order, at least. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's one of the, like, nine options wherever stats work. Give me Ritter in the middle spot. Ritter in the middle spot is correct. Yes. All yes. right. So I got Skylar Thompson and Bailey Zappi. Skylar Thompson or Bailey Zappi at three and five. That's Jeez. all you got to fill out now. Scott Thompson came in late, played a few games. I know, I know. Then he played a playoff game. He did. That's what's tough. Is this just regular season, or is it? I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I don't know where these if these numbers. I'll just go. Or not. I'll go Zappy at the at the Zappy at the 
five, Skylar Thompson at the three. Dang oh, it. Zappy was the third. Zappy had this is how this is how close it was. Kenny Pickett, twenty four hundred passing yards. Brock Purdy, thirteen hundred seventy four. And then the last couple ones, Bailey Zappi had 781, Desmond Ritter 708, Skylar Thompson 534, Malik Willis 276, and Sam Howell 169. The only reason why I went with Skylar Thompson is because he had better receivers. Yeah, yeah, you would have expected. I mean, he I don't know how many games he played, like two, really. And he, I mean, 534 yards maybe. Yeah. Not awful. So that was a tricky one. We'll, uh, we'll get a little easier here. Question number five. Uh, let's see, what time do we have? We're kind of good on time. We'll just have to speed through these a little bit, Chris. Question number five. Since 2015, there have been three wide receivers drafted inside the top five. Can you name all three? There have been three drafted inside the top five? Since 2015. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is one. Your hints are the other two are 2017 and 2015 drafts. Inside the top five. Since 2015, you said, I guess? Yes. Since 2015, including the 2015 draft. The other two are, were selected in the 2015 and the 2017. The other two were selected in 15 and 17? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's been a minute. Huh. Are they both still playing? They are. One definitely is. I think I think they both are. Um, I don't know what team this guy's on. Oh, yeah, the other one's still playing, definitely. They're both still playing. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. I'm trying to think. Okay, the other hint, they were drafted from 15 and 17, respectively, to the Oakland Raiders and the Tennessee Titans. That's your last hint. They were drafted to the Oakland Raiders. One was drafted to the Raiders, one was drafted to the Titans. Top five pick, wide receiver, in 2015 and 2017. <laughs> 15 and 17. Those gummies good? Yeah. <laughs> Help me think. To the Raiders and the Titans? Yes. You're going to kick yourself. You know both of these players. They're still solid guys in the NFL today. Both of them are. <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> crazy. <laughs> 15 and Raiders. I, I All right, can't re- be that guy. I'm going to put you on a time limit. Okay. I don't know why I'm struggling with this. Ten seconds. Can you tell me what they were picked? Okay, the number 15 to the Raiders, he was selected fourth overall. In 2017 to the Titans, he was selected fifth overall. So Justin's had the top five. No number ones. I mean, receivers don't go number one. Do they still play for these teams? Both players do not play for their current team. And both are still in the AFC. This is Getting wild. A lot of hints here. That is wild. <laughs> All right, you coin in. You uh, you're gonna buzz in, giving up. I know. Make a final guess. Dude, I give up. I can't even think of it. Give that. up. In 2015, to the Oakland Raiders, number four overall was Amari Cooper. Oh my gosh. In 2017, to the Tennessee Titans, number fifth overall was Corey Davis. No freaking way. Fifth overall pick. I thought Corey Davis <laughs> in my head, and I said there's no chance he was drafted <laughs> no that one high. No a fifth pick. Yeah. For the Titans, I would have probably thought, like, A.J. Brown maybe, but I don't know where he was. I, that, that kept popping in my head, but I was like, that's way too late yeah. or too early for him to have been drafted. 2017 draft wasn't anything spectacular. Dude, that is bad. There you go. All right. 
Sixth question, what year was the top five picks in this order? Texans, Rams, Jaguars, Bills, Raiders. And this is since 2010? This is since 2013 is when Texans. I, I pulled the earliest. Say it again. The drafting order was the Texans, the Rams, the Jaguars, the Bills, and the Raiders. What year was this? So Texans first overall pick, Rams second overall, Jags third, Bills fourth, Raiders fifth. seconds to think and this is since 2013 since 2013 so 2013 and, and more recent yes I didn't think I had this many questions from that far back they get a little Texans maybe easier Rams a little simpler maybe Jaguars Bills and then who um, the Raiders Your Jags had the third overall pick this year. Huh. Third overall pick for the Jaguars that year since 2013. It's 2013. Gosh. All right, 10 seconds. Got to hustle this along, Chris. I know, but it's like you're <laughs> making – you made them like thinkers. I know. I, I didn't – I made them thinkers, yeah. Jeez. Didn't have any multiple choice. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, fifth. nope, that can't be right. Ooh. Took it back? Yeah. This is your team. You don't know when you had a top five pick? Although I guess it's kind of every year for y'all. Yeah. It happens so, so it often. kind of it blends in together. It's the Houston's first overall. I'll say 14. Correct. It was 2014. Was the uh, draft with Texans, Rams, Bills, Texans, Rams, Jags, Bills, Raiders? Now, question seven: Can you name three of the five players that were drafted? <laughs> Double loader here. It was the Houston's first overall, 2014. Who was their first overall pick? Three of the players of the four are still in the league, so that does help. Maybe. Hmm. Offense or defense? For the first overall mm -hmm. pick, it was Houston's defensive player out of the SEC. It's not Jadavion Clowney? Jadavion Clowney's okay. one. They had the St. Uh, Louis. Well, they were the St. Louis Rams in 2014. The Rams, the Jags, the Buffalo Bills, and the Raiders, your next four picks. You named two more. You know, the Rams or the – It's not Aaron Donald's year, is it? It wasn't Aaron Donald's year, no. You know who the Jags drafted third overall in 2014? Goat of the franchise – that wasn't – no, that wasn't Justin Blackman, right? wasn't Justin Blackman, no. Oh, Blake? It was Blake Bortles. Yeah. Yeah. I think you name two of the final th – or one of the final three. And the, you said it was – The Rams at two, the Bills at four, and the Raiders at five. Rams at two, the Bills at four. And do they, do they still play with their teams, or you said no? Two of them are still in the league. They don't play with their teams anymore. And one still plays with their team? One's out of the league. Oh, one's out of the league. Yeah. Yikes. Big draft bust. Was that Raiders guy? No, it was the Rams guy. It was a big draft bust. Two mm -hmm. overall. All right, 10 seconds. Mm 
Again, you know both of these names. These are guys you know. They've been de- I'll say they've been dealt in big deals or a lot in their careers. They have moved around a bit, but they are well-known players. You got me again, Hayden. All right. Number four over, or number two overall to the Rams was Greg Robinson. Big draft bust. No one knows. I, don't, I barely know who he is. Number four to the Buffalo Bills was Sammy Watkins. Uh, number, five, Sammy. number five to the Oakland Raiders was Khalil Mack. Ooh. 2014. Wow. All right, we no. went with Blake Bortles over Khalil Mack. Lovely. Yeah. Hey, Blake Bortles took you to an AFC championship game. No, he so. didn't. He was there <laughs> while our team Saxonville played. Saxonville did. Number eight, or question number eight, in the 2017 draft, it's said to be one of the best for running backs, but who was drafted earlier, Alvin Kamara or Joe Mixon? Had to have been Joe Mixon. That's correct. Joe Mixon was drafted in the second round at number 48 overall. I don't even know where, Mc- where Alvin Kamara was drafted. Was he like fourth or fifth? Uh, I think he was a third round. Can I pull that up? Let's see. Alvin, I should have written this down. Draft. Alvin Kamara was the 67th pick. So that's third In the right? third round. <coughs> yes. mm. So he was like tw- mm. ni- 19 picks after him. Out of Tennessee? He was drafted. Yeah, he, he played at Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. All right, question number nine. In the 2019 NFL draft, which wide receiver was drafted first? Terry McLaurin. Deontay Johnson or Hunter Renfro? Hmm. Who was drafted first among those three receivers? Uh, that's a good one. I'll say uh, Yikers. Hmm. I feel like it's a trick question. I feel like you're just baiting me into saying Renfro. I don't know. Because I know Terry was like, I think Terry was. I think he was. Dr- that was the same year as Haskins. I have to say I picked these. I picked these guys on purpose. Up. Deontay Johnson. It was Deontay Johnson. He was drafted third round, 66th overall. McLaurin was 76th overall, and Hunter Renfro was 149th overall. So a little curveball there. I want to throw like a double, go. double, triple, third curveball there. All right, last question, a little fun one, kind of to end it. What 2013 first-round pick famously slid down draft boards following a video of him ripping a bong from a gas mask? Wasn't that Laramie Tunzel? Laramie Tunzel, 13th overall to Miami, fell down. He was, like, I think a top-five projection, went all the way down because you know the famous picture. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that year. Yeah. That was quite something. There you go. Hopefully it wasn't – that was pretty hard for you. I think I made it a little tough. That was tough, dude. I was I had major (laughs) thinkers there. I don't think any of them were, like – it's not like I was – Pulling up, like, you know, who was the fifth round, seventh overall, you know, nothing crazy difficult, but it was, you know, who were kind of these main guys getting drafted in weird spots. All right, we got uh, we got about 20 minutes left. Chris, hit me with, uh, with your 10 questions. I see right. how bad I do on this one because I don't know college guys that well. Here you go. I'll give you some time to figure it out. Yeah. The first question, you ready? Yeah. Oh, there are, there have been three first round picks from the University of Kentucky since 2015. Yeah. Can you name them? Okay, Josh Allen's one. Yeah. Three first rounders from us? Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Um uh, I'm gonna blank on all of our good guys. Oh. Did I say three? Did you say three? Is it just Yeah, that's right, that's right. It's three? Since twenty fifteen, yeah. Since twenty fifteen. Okay. There's been three. Josh Allen. Oh, I'm gonna can you give me position? Um they are all defense. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, 
they all play the same position as well. Really? They yeah. all play. Uh, they all play edge or linebacker. Or linebacker. That's what they have it listed as. Uh, I'm gonna kick myself. Um, uh, it's a guy who he got drafted to Tampa. I can't. Was that in 15 or before? No. None of them got drafted to Tampa. Or he plays for Tampa now. I mean. Maybe. Uh, Mike Edwards? Is he not one of them? Mm-mm. No, I'm going to have to give up on this one. I just J- Josh Allen's the only thing coming to my head. All right. Who are other guys? You ready? Jeez. This is tw- since when, what year? 2015? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. 2015, first round pick 22, Bud Dupree. Ah, uh, yeah, Steelers, yeah. Yep. And then 2021. Yeah, this is who I'm thinking of. Like first round pick, Mike Edwards. Yeah, nineteenth to the Commanders. Oh yeah, yeah. Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis. Yep, yep. There he is. Did Mike Edwards? He's a Kentucky guy, isn't he? Mike Mike Edwards got picked third round, thirty fifth over. He does play for Tampa Bay. He does play for. He was a third round pick. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, you ready? I forgot Jamin Davis. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. Second question hit me. All right. In the 2017 NFL draft, the top five was was fairly interesting. The third overall pick was quite sketchy. It was made by the San Francisco 49ers. Sketchy. Who was the player they chose? 2017. Yes. That was Mitch Trubisky draft. Yes. Sketchy player from San Francisco. Who went third? Do not believe he's still on the team. Never even heard of him his whole career. That's he was a blown up. Do you, can I get the position? Yeah. He's, uh, uh, do you want the what side of the ball or the exact position? I'll get exact. If you're willing to give. I'll Defensive take. line. This is a nobody kind of? or Yeah, he's a nobody. Uh, I definitely don't know. Ah. The thing is, I should know all these because, like, obviously, I'm sure you were the same way. We were Googling draft boards, like, this whole time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I should know these. But let's see here. Here, do you want to know who went before him and who went after him? Well, I know before him was Mr. Trubisky. Yes. Right? Yep. Um, I know who after him. And number, number four was, was Leonard Fournette. I know that, but yeah, this guy's a nobody. Miles Garrett was number one as well. Yeah, yeah. Everybody is notable other than this guy. Uh, it was something with like an S. I'm just like, I'm trying to like photographic memory, me looking at draft boards like three hours ago. Um, oh, ooh, ooh, ooh. it was uh, Solomon Thomas. Yes, it yes. was. Solomon yes, Thomas. Yes, yes. Solomon Thomas. Was he that bad? I thought I remember him he like was trashed, making some dude. highlights. I feel like I just I know his name enough. Maybe it's just from that draft board I know his name. I don't know. All right. I'll be proud of myself for that one. Next Good. one. This one is 2011. Ready? Uh, I'm screwed on this one, yeah. Obviously, the first quarterback taken in 2011 was Cam Newton. Yeah. Who was the first quarterback drafted after Cam Newton in 2011? So the second quarterback taken in 2011. Jeez, yeah. Cam Newton. Um, 2011... Wasn't Matt Stafford? That was he was first overall as well in twenty two thousand nine, I think. Mm-hmm. He was drafted. Um, two thousand eleven. I'm just trying to think of quarterbacks that are that old. Is he still in the league? I no. highly doubt it. It's no. been twelve years. I don't believe this guy's been in the league for quite some time. Um. Uh, twenty eleven. It wasn't the that wasn't the Mariota year. That was the next year. Twelve. Mariota was like fifteen. Really? Him and Winston were, fin- I guess maybe it was that late, yeah. 11. I just don't, I just can't think of other guys that are that, who've been in the league either 12 years or drafted out. Um, 
let's see. Who do I even want to think of? It's not Russell Wilson. He's probably a 2012 draft. Maybe it was a third round. But I feel like the Cam Newton year was kind of weak. So that would have been a guy. Maybe, he might have been the only first-round guy, even first overall for a quarterback. Yeah, I'm screwed. I don't know. You ready? Wanna, if you want to give me the team, I can maybe pull something. Titans. Titans? Ryan Tannehill's not all, that old. And besides, he was drafted by the Dolphins. Titans? Who did the Titans even have? Yeah, that doesn't help me at all. Ready? Yeah. Jake Locker. Jake, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jake Locker. Where did he get picked up? Was he a first-rounder? No way. He was? He was, like, the top 10, too. He was a top 10 pick? Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. Definitely never would have. Uh, I remember him. Wouldn't have thrown that, that, that answer together. No way. All right. You ready? Is this question three or four? This is four. This is four. All right. The Browns have picked twice or picked twice inside the top five in 2018. Can yes. you name both picks? Baker Mayfield. Yes. This is the first overall. And the second one would have been, uh, it was a cornerback, wasn't it? I don't know his name. He had like, uh, they have like some kind of nickname that was like money related or something like that. No, that was probably Greedy Williams. You're, I'm thinking of Greedy Williams. Yeah, yeah no, that wasn't. Okay. Okay. That's who I was thinking of this. Okay, so I don't know who this would be. It was cornerback. Uh, this is 20, what year? 18. This is 2018. Baker was drafted. Uh, cor- I should get points just for knowing cornerback. Uh, but Greedy Williams is who I was thinking of, so it's not Greedy Williams. So, yeah, I'm out of it. I can't think of that. Come on, Hayden. He's still with the team. He's still with them? Yes. I don't know the team. I, I, I'm blanking. Hayden. I'm fully blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to know who this is. It's not Grady Williams. I don't even know if he's still on the Browns. That's just the only guy I can think of for some reason. It's stuck in my head. Um, Grady Williams. Grady Williams. I'm just trying to like pull up like a list in my head. How oh, is it? Uh. Denzel Ward, is he a quarterback? There you go. Okay, well, Sims. Denzel Ward. I had his name, but I thought he was a linebacker for some reason. I don't know why. His name sounds like a linebacker name. I guess I can <laughs> see that. Denzel Ward, like Warden, linebacker. I yeah. don't know. That's what I was blanking on. I feel you. Okay. All right. You ready for the next question? Yes. Okay. The 2021 NFL draft was one of the most talented drafts yes. we've had in history. Mm-hmm. There were five quarterbacks taken in the first round. Can you name all of them? Five in 2021. Okay, 2021 would have been the years Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance for your top four or top three. And there is, there's, these are all first round guys? Is that what you're saying? Five in the first, yep. Five in the first, okay. This is the Micah Parsons draft, so it's getting it getting me in my head a little bit. This wasn't Mac Jones. He was like twelve or something like that. I think he was like fifteen. Was it? Oh, with Justin Fields. Yep. Yeah, there you he go. Was, he was meant to be. Yeah, Mac Jones was fifteen. Fields was right before Micah Parsons. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I forgot that Fields dropped that far. I didn't think. I thought he was kind of thought to be a little higher. Wasn't he? Was he meant to be like a? I think we all like were saying, and when we did the radio show, like, like he was gonna be like a number one or number two, and then he just kind of fell. 
because it was like between him and Lawrence, and it was like all of a sudden he was the fourth best. Yeah, it's the dumb, the dumb the draft Lan- stuff. The Trey Lance from North Dakota State just kind of flew up. Yeah, I remember all that now. All right, hit me with the next one. All right. Are you – Oh. Breaking your chair there? Yeah. Slide down a little bit? Oh. Crack it up a little bit? Yeah. yeah this is terrible. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Here we go. Stuff happens. All right, next question. Whatever number, seven, six, something like that? Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. In the 2019 NFL draft, I got two players here. You got to tell me who was drafted before who. Okay. You ready? 2019. Yes. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> Who's it going to be? Building anticipation? Whatever you want to call it? Noah Fant. Okay. And Josh Jacobs. Oof. It was Josh Jacobs. Noah Fant was drafted. What? He was, I think he was like a fifth round. Five, no, four spots before Josh Jacobs in the 2019 NFL draft. They were both, well, I thought Josh Jacobs was like a third rounder and Noah Fant was like a fifth. What, what, where, where did they go? Josh Jacobs went first round, 24th overall. Noah Fant oh, Noah went Fant was first round. round, 20th overall. Who am I thinking of? Of a tight end that was like a fifth round. I don't know. Dang. Okay. Isn't that wild? Okay, yeah. I was way off on that. I, I was thinking of somebody else maybe with Noah Fant. I think he was like a fifth round pick. No, believe it or not. And there were no. two, yeah, think, two I, tight ends. I remember no. now, yeah. Hawkinson got picked high Hawkinson in that draft. Hawkinson was in that draft, too, yeah. All right, hit me with the next one. That was a, I got to redeem myself. That was a bad one. All right, you ready? Yeah. There were four receivers mm-hmm. in the 2020 NFL draft taken over Justin Jefferson. Yes. Can you name all four? Jalen Rager, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Hang on. You've got... Rager. Rager. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. And Mr. Car Crash himself, who I can't think of his name because it's just blanking. Jeez, who... What is his name? Come on, Aiden. How do I blank this easily on stuff? (laughs) Jeez. That's almost embarrassing that it's this bad. Um, It's on the third, isn't it? Doesn't he have, like, a number at the end of his name? Yeah. yeah. yeah like, I literally have it in my head. <laughs> How do you forget this guy's name? <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> oh. 2020 draft. Come on. C.D. Lamb was in this draft. Oh, Henry Ruggs. Yep. Henry Ruggs. There we go. Finally hit me. I think I just forgot. He's been out of my mind for so long. You're I mean, good, it's only been, man. like, what, two years? Yeah. Is that the last one or you got more? No, we got three more. Three more. All right. This is eight. You ready? Yeah. Building off of our last question. Okay. This is a good one. This is a juicy one. Yeah. There was one receiver in the first round taken after Justin Jefferson. Can you name him? Was it like, was it Hollywood Brown? Was he 2020? I'm not sure what he was, uh, Hollywood they, Brown. There's one receiver taken after him? Who's still in the league, still plays for the team he was drafted by. What conference? NFC. Who was good, I have to think of who was good in 19 to draft a quarterback. Kansas City won against the Niners that year? Is that right? In 19? Yeah. yeah, I would say so. Oh, with Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, Niners. Yeah. Niners. He would have been ahead of Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Was John Brown in this draft? Hollywood Brown in this draft, or was he 2019? Nah, I believe he may have been 19. He might have been 19. Yep. All right, there we go. Two more, two more questions? Yep. We'll get on the road. All right, give them to me. Let's get these right. Okay. Okay. 
I'm just making sure. Making sure it's right? Making sure you feel good about it? Yeah. How to deliver it? Okay, you ready? Uh-huh. Who was drafted before whom? This is also another 2020 NFL draft. We love the 2020 draft. That was a good year. A Isaiah good Simmons. Yeah. Or C.J. Henderson. That was like fourth and fifth, wasn't it? Henderson, did he go to the Jaguars? He did. Not fourth and fifth, because this was the... Uh, I want to say oh, Henderson... Or is it Isaiah Sim- Simmons went to... I think it was fifth overall. It was either fifth or eighth. I don't know what the ten numbers are in my head. To the Cardinals. I'm going to say C.J. Henderson was first. Isaiah Simmons was, was picked geez, one spot one before spot. eight and was it nine. Eight, nine? Okay. Yep. Jeez. Okay. You were dancing all over. I was. I knew all the facts, just didn't know it dead on. Yeah. Ugh. All right. That was another good quarterback draft. That was. I mean, 2020 was just a great draft. I think that was one. Of the 2020, best. 2021 were great back-to-back drafts to have. Besides Jeff Okuda at number three. But. I think I still <laughs> think he can be good, but yes, we have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, maybe if he if he plays alongside. C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Cameron. Um, maybe, maybe he'll flourish. Maybe he doesn't need to be the number one quarterback. He needs to be like a CB3 or something. I don't yeah. know. All right, hit with that last question. You ready? Yeah. In 2022, there were six wide receivers taken in the draft, in the first round. There's that many? Yes. Wow. Can you name all six? In 2022, six receivers. So our just our last draft. Yeah, our last draft, it would have been – Chris Olave was one. Yep. Garrett Wilson was two. Yep. How many am I naming? Six. Six. So you got four more. I can't even think. Okay. 2022 draft, six receivers. Was there another Ohio State guy? Is there, oh, Ohio well, State, oh, yeah. I just named both of them. Didn't technically, I? there was another Ohio State There's guy. There's a third one? Yeah. Technically, he spent more time at Ohio State, but didn't end at Ohio State. Oh, Okay. I'm, like, looking at my questions on the screen just to, like, try to generate just, like, thoughts because I'm looking at, like, the years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, Ohio State. He wasn't Ohio State, but Jamison Williams. Was he a first-round pick? Yes. Yeah, he wasn't Ohio State. He was Ohio State, but then transferred to Bama. They, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake London. Yep, Is that's that four. four. There's two more. <sighs> I can't believe Drake London was the first one out of all of them, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Washington.Jahan Doxson. Mm-hmm. I know that because Last one. The last one was the kid that went to Tennessee, or drafted by Tennessee, who he didn't do much, I don't think, until the – or no, I remember people said to draft him, like, late in, dra- in fantasy drafts because I thought he was going to be good. Don't know his name to save my he life. He played, like, a great game against Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, he played one good game. Yeah. I don't know his name, but I know all that facts about him. You don't know his name? No, it's not with a T, but I – it's like Trayvon or Trey. Or yeah, you're so close. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna push it. I don't know. <laughs> Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. Yeah, <laughs> Traylon Burks. He was first round. Well. Yeah, 18th overall. 18th too. It wasn't like a 29th pick. Wow. They were all picked inside the top 18. Six receivers. Let me Google this. I gotta Google this. 2022. Yep. Trey Lynn was eighth overall. Dude, yeah. it's wild. And eight, then we had three go back to back to back. 10, 11, 12. 16, 18. Wow. Okay. I, I mean, Jameson Williams, we still got to wait and see how he is with uh, with um, Miami. But 
Dang. All right. That was a good one, Chris. I'm surprised I knew a little bit. I'm kind of disappointed in the uh, Kentucky question. <laughs> I, sh- I should have known Jamin Davis. Uh, the other one, I can't remember his name anymore, but uh, the 2015-13 guy, whatever he was, the first one. I just can't yeah. remember. I don't, the Kentucky guys are so far in between. I just kind of – they'll get drafted, I'm happy, and then I forget because they usually aren't – I mean, Josh Allen's been great. Jamie Davis has been kind of good, but they're, they never turn into, like, the stars, you know. So it's kind of like these middle-of-the-pack C-plus, B-minus kind of guys. Yeah. But, yeah. All right, Lamar Jackson apparently wants out – or is wants to move on from, from Baltimore. I'm telling you. To this ad on Google that I just Googled. The only place I can see him going is the Commanders, man. That's yeah. it. I thought Atlanta, but they seem to be going with Riddler, so or Riddler, so how Riddler? You want to say Riddler like I'm in Batman? Does does Atlanta? If they're they're sitting at eight, if there's a quarterback sitting there, do they even just think about it? <sighs> I don't know. Unless they want to pull like the Cardinals move a few years ago with the Kate well, Kyle I mean, Murray, but Riddler wasn't picked in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Ritter, when was Riddler even picked? He might have been a fourth. Is he third or fourth? It's, it just depends on how much they value him or if they want to push it. Um, and he, he was, like, a okay quarterback in college, but by no means was he anything special. No. I think they might keep him just because they're going to bank on the fact that they don't have pieces around him anyways. Maybe they got w- Kyle Pitts and Drake London and Algier I now. Guess and that's true. But I don't know if they think if they feel that's enough to warrant getting one of these guys or if they think that Will Levis or Anthony Richardson is going to be better than Riddler. You know? He know. was drafted third round, the 74th third pick. Round, 74th pick. Like... Why would you want to keep a third-round quarterback around yeah. who didn't even beat out Marcus Mariota? Atlanta. Atlanta's, they're dumb. We'll have to ask Des Wilson about yeah, that. Yeah, a friend of the show, Des Wilson. Get on the show, and we'll bring him in. we got a lot of friends of the show who can do some draft analysis for us for their respective teams. Got a lot of, we definitely should. A lot of workarounds. I need, we need to get Matt Griego on the show because his Panthers have been the talk of the town in free agency, so we need him. So if you listen to this, Matt, uh, Text us. Do something. Yeah. <laughs> figure figure this out. We need you on the show. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're winding down. Episode 98. 99 is next week. 100 is the week after. So, uh, Ooh, big time. We're very close to the big 100. Finally making that mark right before we graduate. So that is great to know. But, Chris, pleasure as always on the show. Liam, yes, sir, wherever you are it. listening. If you're listening to the podcast version or live version, Liam, hello. How do you do? And uh, good luck. Uh, was he in Nashville? Is that it? Uh, he's, he's somewhere he's in Tennessee. Somewhere in Tennessee for fishing stuff. So, Look to that. Yeah, he's skipping out on our tennis class tomorrow, so I'm going to have a new doubles partner. But I got you, Hayden. Just pull up if you want to pull up at 8 a.m. to uh, a yeah, 8 a.m. to no, yeah, 8:25, 8:25. Would she? You think she'd let me be your doubles partner? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway. How about this? How about this? <laughs> you ask her when you get to class, and I'll just text you, and then text me. And if she's okay with it, I will be there in a heartbeat as, with my racket. As long as you're awake that early, I will be. All right. All right, we'll see, we'll see. Well, that'll do it for us show. As, as always, Chris, thank you for coming on. Good trivia, good yep. mock drafts, and we will get back to our to Liam hopefully on the show next week, so stay tuned for that. Remember to follow us on Instagram, at OffTheBenchXLR to keep up with the show, and uh, subscribe to us on our podcasting network. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen there. Check us out. Remember to stay in the game and off the bench, and have a good night. <laughs>